Drunk Tank. Drunk Tank. Drunk Tank. Drunk Tank. Pyrocity. So would that be like a barbershop quartet? Yeah, except I think it was the same guy. Was over it and the over. same guy? Yeah. Well, it's not like he just layered his voice in. He doesn't have any friends. He's like a, one of those Himalayan throat singers. <laughs> you, you know you know why I picked that guy's theme song? Why's that? His name is Nico, N-I-C-C-O. Oh, so it's like an homage to Nico, who is... It's sitting right over here. Joining us on the 51st podcast today. Hello. Uh, so yeah, welcome, Nico. And also, we have an extra special guest, even more rare than the Nico appearance, <laughs> the re- sitting at spot number three over here. <laughs> the return of Bernie Burns. I have not been gone that long. You have been gone since you made the, the, the passionate plea about late night talk shows. It's like been like five six weeks. weeks. And, and, and since then, they've canceled all of late night talk shows. <laughs> <laughs> you, you helped make a difference. When you helped make a change. It. You know what else that reminds me of is, did you ever have that horrible candy called Necco wafers? I love it, dude. I still eat it. You eat that? Yeah, dude. It's great. They're like, they're like big, like shittier versions of uh, like chalk uh, of chalk. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff They're also like liked, less tasty than chalk. Jeff also likes circus peanuts. So oh, think, dude, I love circus peanuts. I, I think his his opinion of candy is invalidated oh, simply on, by man. that fact. Circus hey. peanuts are delicious. Fuck yeah, man! Why would you make a sh- peanut shaped candy that tastes like banana? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> it, tastes like, it tastes like it tastes like packing peanuts. It, it tastes th- like it tastes pink. like nothing. It's like it's the original fusion cuisine. Circus <laughs> peanuts. That's a very very sophisticated it palate do- you have there, Jeff. It Thank doesn't taste much. like peanuts, and it doesn't taste like circus. <laughs> God, it's, can you? Uh, the, the taste of circus would probably be horrible. I think it would just taste like hay and elephant poop. Yeah, it's the that's same what thing, I go right? for. Monkey poop. It would taste like well, that's t- inappropriate. That went Nico. too far. Come on, sorry. We've been filling Nico's head with uh, all kinds of. Wrong, we, wrong information about the podcast. We told him he needed to have 15 bullet points prepared to talk about. We also told him he couldn't swear because the FCC would fine us. Yeah. I, I'm totally all those, All those were jokes, by the way. Oh. Yeah. You only need 10 bullet points. Yeah. You know, I also want to point out that Nico plays one of the voices in the Griffball miniseries, which is currently airing on Waypoint. There you go. Last episode comes out this Saturday. This coming Saturday. That was a very subtle transition. <laughs> yeah, we flew him in just to promote it. That's yeah. it. Nico's actually in town helping us with music for the new season of Red vs. Blue. Yes. Very fun. We didn't actually have Nico in for in-house for recreation, but we did for reconstruction. Yep. There's a conclusion. <laughs> well, no, we I, had... I think the last time we had Nico in town was for reconstruction. I, I think that might be the last time I saw him. I don't know if I've seen him again since then. To be fair, we had Gavin here for recreation, and this company has a like a, a one non yeah one foreigner quota. Well, so. we did have Ben and Gavino in at the same time, very briefly. Yeah, but together they weigh 112 pounds. <laughs> Just like or, or four stone. Four stone. It's like one real person. <laughs> yeah. Four yeah. stone and three shilling. There you go. Two British men is like one American woman, essentially, <laughs> when you combine them together. So how many Frenchmen does it take to make one American woman? Frenchmen are in their own class, Nico. You don't need to worry about it. Okay. You're we, safe. We will not talk bad about you until you've gone home next week. Or <laughs> unless you say something to annoy us. And then we're going to talk shit about you you're, so much. You're in what we call the Jack Gavin Joel seat. Which is the seat of shame and ridicule? Oh, cool! That's yeah. that's the seat that fo- that's the focal point of my anger. It's directly <laughs> behind me. That's probably why he's staying so quiet. <laughs> hey, Nico, you told me yesterday, that, uh, and hopefully this is for public consumption, that you have quit smoking. It's true. 
Do you have to give up your French citizenship if you stop smoking? No, it's in jeopardy right now. But um, but so long as I promise to chew Nicorette gum at least once a <laughs> month, I think uh, I get to keep it. I you, bet. You, you can compensate with increased wine consumption, I think. I think it's like one of the clauses. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, Nico, that I can get you smoking again before you leave. Okay. Why would you All do right. that? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why not? I don't like to see Nico quit. He obviously loves to smoke. Yeah, he loves it's to part smoke, of his identity. It's, it's good for him not to. Is it? I don't like know. It's not good. To, it's not good to shock your system like that. Is it? You gotta, we gotta slowly wean the cigarettes <laughs> out of your system over twenty or thirty years. <laughs> Go down, like smoke a half cigarette less each year, and by the time you're ninety, you'll be dead of cancer. I just don't think. Also, it has the same aesthetic to imagine a Parisian cafe with a bunch of surly French dudes chewing gum. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring candy cigarettes next time if you want. There you go. Do they still make those? Yeah, fucking they awesome. do. Hell yeah. I, I almost bought some for my kid the other day, and then I thought, what kind of fucked up no, message no, no. is this? I don't know. I, I was going to say, I, you I and I had candy cigarettes, and we've turned out fine, but you're trying to encourage him to keep smoking, so it's maybe true. it did affect you. See? Maybe it did. Well, you were you grew up Mexican, too. Yes, uh, I did grow up. I'm still Mexican, <laughs> believe it or growing not. Up, that'd be a great <laughs> book, Growing Up Mexican. <laughs> so, did you have all that weird candy, like the duck candy that comes in the squirt bottle? Like Sabrosa. So oh, yeah. Yeah, you get all that stuff. Chimichanchas. Uh, are you talk, you're talking about Lucas, right? Yeah, or what, yeah. What is it? It comes in like... There, the, there's, there's like different kinds of Lucas. There's like the powder, which is like a chili powder with a little bit of mercury in it. <laughs> <laughs> then there's like the paste, which you like squeeze and it like comes out like in a gel at the top, and that one's lead based. It's delicious, and it has loop pus what fla- in it. What right? flavor is that though? Chili, chili flavor. Yeah, like chili powder. Good lord, that reminds me of. Do you remember that website, Bad Candy? Yeah, oh, Bad Candy I don't think so. They they quit years ago, but we used to love that because they would find the creepiest, grossest, mostly candy from from your people. Yeah, and uh, and then try to dissect what was in it, and then eat it. Try to eat it. Yeah, well, it was pretty gross. Stuff. It was a good site. It's oh. early inspiration for us uh, with uh, ugly internet and drunk gamers. Yeah, that's true. All the Asian kids always had creepy candy too. Like that, I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. It kind of looked like Chex Mix in a way, <laughs> but it was like shiny. You know oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and like then it was there was like there was a guy a it's good. good friend growing up with, and he had candy that you could also eat the paper from the candy. But the paper is like what it came in. So it's, <laughs> it's like eating the box of cereal. Yeah. God, can you imagine how good that would be? Like if the box was made out of graham crackers and you like had cereal, you're like, hey, you know what, this needs some graham crackers. Like tear off the UPC code and chomp on it. Or if you could just like open the top of the box, pour the milk in and just start chewing. Oh, that would be awesome. You they can, do that with Like those... the little single serving ones? Yeah. That would be cool. Did they, you ever yeah. have that camping trip where you'd cut them open and you'd use the box yeah. as the bowl? Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they had a Chinese New Year celebration at my kid's school the other day and they handed out this like – heart-shaped plastic container with some white gelatin shit in it with little, like, floating squares of something in it. And all the kids were grossed out by it. But my daughter, like, flipped for it, and she took the candy from all the other kids, and she came home with, like, 20 of them. Nice. That's a fucking big day. That's my a fridge, score. Yeah, my fridge is full of these things. What is it? Have you I tried have, it? I've, there's no way I'm eating that. <laughs> she seems unaffected by it, but I'm not going to touch it. You're a baby. Yes. Absolutely. I feel that they should make a, a candy eating contest as part of the Olympics next time. Why not with the Winter Olympics? Yeah, yeah, they got snowboarding, right? Or as I like to call it, the fake Olympics, dude. Did, you know, I, I was laughing this whole time. I've been really annoyed by all the Olympic coverage. I thought it was all really stupid. And then, like on the last day of coverage, I was like, "Oh, thank God, they're finally done." And I was like, "What? What? They have two sports left?" I was like, "Oh, they have the hockey final, and they have this other thing. What is this? Oh, thirty miles of cross country skiing. <laughs> that's how, that's a real sport." 
Anybody who is, who's like the fastest at cross country skiing for 30 miles? Okay, that's a, that's I a watched hard motherfucker. Oh, so and you're they, saying they, that's legitimate. That's real. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they ratchet up the difficulty by letting skier, skiers change their skis every, every like lap if, if they want if to. If they want to, yeah. If they want to, and then they gotta like catch up. That was, yeah, they, they awesome can make pit stops. I saw some guy like try to make a pit stop, but his coach hadn't told the pit crew, I guess, that he was coming <laughs> in to change skis, so he just wasted time because he came off and couldn't change skis and had to get back out there. They were, uh, yeah, they time it too. Six seconds is considered a good time mm-hmm. to change skis and get back out on the yeah. course. That's, that's a real sport. It's pretty impressive. Not, not snowboarding or curling or any other Dude, shit. that, that, you can talk shit about snowboarding, but the snowboard cross thing they had was awesome. What was that? That was like a track with a bunch of jumps and stuff. It's like motocross on snowboards. And it's like four people go out and it's like, four people go out, three people come back. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's like, it's basically like if you can stay on the board, you get a medal. And nobody can. Huh. It's just like, I, I watched a dude crash so hard, he's like, he covered the ground in blood. Just busted his face all up. It's nice. super that's dangerous. Awesome. Yeah. If, if there's not, blood. That's not Olympics though. That's, that's awesome. Games. You gotta characterize. <laughs> yeah. gotta, gotta, gotta go with the times, man. Can't be living in the past forever. To me, if it's not the decathlon, like you don't do it in the decathlon, it's not a real well, Olympic I, event. My, I my qualifier, personally, my qualifier was always, if it's not something that's advantageous to you in a time of war, it's not an Olympic event. I, if it's not something yeah. you can use for combat. Dude, they should make biathlon, uh, they should have the athletes shoot at each other. You know, that would be awesome. Like, I was talking about biathlon to my wife. She's like, is that a real event? She thought I was making it up. I was oh, like, no, no it's, it's real. Totally real. Like, Why isn't it on TV? I said, because it's fucking entertaining. I know. Skiing and shooting? That's awesome. Why would you want to watch that? Yeah, just for those of you who don't know, the biathlon is when you ski cross country, then you stop and fire a rifle that you're carrying on your back <laughs> at targets. It's like the James Bond event. It's awesome. You know the dude who thought of it's a badass, too? Because it's the biathlon. It's the two-thing race, right? And the only two things that this dude knew were skiing <laughs> and shooting shit. That was it. It's like, we only have a race doing the two things we know about, shooting and skiing. That's Pro- it. Probably some dude from Norway. But no, I agree. The original Olympic Games were all had some kind of – they were like an extended metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. Like you threw the javelin and you ran. And some things like the shot put maybe didn't necessarily have – it's like combat. if you ran out of gunpowder for the cannon, if you could still, like, hurl the cannonball at the, at the enemy. Right. And then maybe add in gymnastics because that's, no, I don't know about you know, that. that's or, or Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah. You know? But like, Except they should give them knives. <laughs> and Greco-Roman Dude, wrestling should be, like, hand-to-hand combat. You've got to recognize, though, that if you don't contemporize the Olympics and help it stay up with the times, it's going to go the way of the World's Fair, and nobody's going to give a fuck about it. Well, thanks, thank God they added snowboarding. I hope, yeah, I hope that I, worked I out for thoroughly them. enjoyed it. I would say the World's Fair was something that was over-contemporized, right? <laughs> I mean, that was the whole thing. They were the, they were the festival of the future. Right. I yes. mean, how many, how many world monuments or were built because of the World's Fair? Uh, did just, they, just the Eiffel Tower, as did, far as I know. The St. Louis Arch was built for, oh, was, was that, that wasn't okay. the Toronto CN Tower? I don't know about that. Built one. for the World's Fair? Was it? How do well, you know that? Um, just because you go to these places and they say this was built for the so and so, I think you're fair. right about the CN Tower. Wow. But even like, how do you feel that your Eiffel Tower was built for the World's Fair? It was, yeah, yeah. in a- 1883, I believe. Wow, that's cool. Why did they build that big dopey Ferris wheel in London? Not for the World's Fair. No, it wasn't. Was no. it for the Millennium? They built the. They built the. the, yeah. they built the, the a Eye. larger Ferris wheel that was twice the size of that one in Chicago for the 1893. That World's was the Fair. original Ferris. Wheel. The original Ferris wheel built by Ferris. But uh, they they dismantled. They could fit like thirty or forty people in a car on that one. People a car. Jesus! Wow. Where is that? It was in Chicago. It doesn't exist anymore. Chicago it was the Fair. first Ferris wheel. It had giant cars that could hold 60 people. Dude, that's got to suck it was when like, someone starts throwing up in one of those things. Or when they start trying to rock the car, like those assholes do. Absolutely. They had. I read a story that they had somebody go nuts on that Ferris wheel 
at that World's Fair and tried to open the door and get out, and like the sixty passengers subdued him. Yeah, it was like the original. It was like the original dude going nuts on an airplane. Yeah, after that, didn't they like have one or two like guards, security guards? Yeah, they had to start cars because people were freaking out. Mm -hmm. That would be an awesome Winter Olympic sport, like the cable car that you have to escape from. Yeah, that kind (laughs) of thing. That thing was built specifically to uh, to like outdo the Eiffel Tower. Mm And supposedly at the time it did, but, you know, obviously it didn't withstand the test of time. Eiffel Tower's still there. Eiffel yep. Tower's still around. You know what I like about that? You were talking about the, was it cross-boarding? What's it called? Snowcross. Snowcross. The thing I really like about that is that you mentioned it's four people, right? Yeah. So in the final race, three of those dudes are getting medals, and one dude's a big fucking loser <laughs> at the end true. of the race. Yeah. And they're also allowed to, that's also contact. So they're allowed to push each other and stuff in it, too. They should have knives, too. They should do. I think if they, they knives, to that if they added knives to every Olympic event, it might be a help. Figure skating, knives. You should be allowed to use snowballs and icicles in any event for whatever. <laughs> however, you can repurpose an icicle, you can use it in a Winter Olympics event. Why use knives when you can, as uh, Jeff said, contemporize and use automatic weapons? There you go. Knives are more elegant. It's more of a throwback. It's it's an ancient art of warfare. <laughs> Neoclassical. Maybe a bow and arrow. I'll give you that. A bow and arrow. They should do like fencing with ski poles. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's all they do. They or- throw an ice javelin, <laughs> fencing with ski poles. That's it. Thank God they don't have the dumbass ribbon event, you know, that they have in the Summer Olympics where they dance around with the ribbon. Oh, yeah. What so is that? And the ball, right? That's like another portion of that <laughs> event is they have the ball as well. Yeah, stop making events. It's That's a, what I say. What stop is it? That's events. like something gymnastics, right? Performance gymnastics, dancing know. gymnastics. It's got a it's got a very specific name. Yeah. And honestly, the, the problem with the Olympics, the way I see it now, is that it doesn't really feel to me like an athletic competition. The Winter Olympics actually kind of do, but like the Summer Olympics, they just feel like this is our genetic showcase. You know, this is the Chinese gymnasts are all, you know, four and a half feet tall. And, and did you hear they just stripped the uh, medal from the 2000 Chinese team? 2008? Yeah, no, I think it was 2000. They had a 14 year old on the team, mm. they determined after all this time. I think it was 2000. But it just doesn't feel like, like Michael Phelps doesn't really feel like a super athlete. He just feels like a guy who's like genetically the perfect swimmer to me. And loves pot. Does that mean that he yeah, loves pot? <laughs> right? Do you think so? Or he just. just Worked that much harder than everybody else. No, I don't the think so. Of his life. I think I think if I spent my entire life dedicating every waking moment to gymnastics, I would still be beat. Right. By I mean, ha- I, by, I, I disagree. I think, by the ham. Do you think? Do you think Tiger Woods was genetically engineered? I'm not talking about golf. Well, well like, I'm just it, talking about sports in general. In the Michael Phelps example, Olympics. I think you know Michael Phelps benefits from having like a larger lung capacity than normal. Like there's things like that that are, that you can't control. Like you can't train and increase your lung capacity. Like you're set with it. And he's got hands like frying pans. And, I mean, and, and, the, and the frying pan genetic mutation also worked in his advantage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's next? The guy gets gills, and we're gonna say like, oh, <laughs> work hard, kids. You can get gills one day too. You know, possibly. And no, it is. I mean, I could work on my lung capacity, but there are certain sports I couldn't play. Women's field hockey, for instance. <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. I'm genetically predisposed to not be able to play that. Sport. I don't know. I think if you started early enough in life and were dedicated enough that you could you could excel, you could get to the Olympics in anything. You don't recognize that there's a certain body type for floor gymnastics that doesn't exist in everyone. Sure, but everybody around the world gets to have that. I mean, there are, it's not like nobody in in Wisconsin has that body type. You know. Yeah, but eventually, I mean, you can you can start it, but then you know, at the end of the day, like ninety eight percent of people are gonna. It's like, oh, you're too tall now. Sorry, you worked. You worked. You worked for ten years to try to be in the Olympics, but you, God, you gained that extra inch. Sorry, but that's the way yeah. it is for everything. Like, what? like what? How many short models are there? You've got to be tall enough. You got to be a certain height to be a yeah. Certain but model. it doesn't preclude you from actually physically being able to do it. But there's the there's like the running back. There's always person, an ex- like the Bengals who's. 
five there, foot six. But there's always an exception to the rule, like there's Spud, Spud Webb. Webb yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's basketball. Rondo, like, you or, have yeah. that kind of thing. But in the Olympics, it's five people from the country, you know, and that's it. So you're going to end up with those people. You know, it's, I guess it's far harder to have the exception of the rule is what it boils down to when it comes to the Olympics. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like you look at any kind of sport. It's usually at least people from within the same continent competing against each other. And there's big teams like soccer or, or you know, basketball here as that. That is an example. The Olympics, it's one sport and it's the five people who are best at that sport from those specific countries, you know, and the people who do have those weird genetic variations, they exist. They don't get medals. You know, they're not in there competing. You, you, I don't you, know the the, uh, the American bobsled dude that won the bobsled for America was bigger than Jack. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> you see that guy? Did you see him pour that dude into that suit? <laughs> yeah. He was working with a bunch of he he was all of his teammates looked like Superman in spandex, and he had a, he had like the Jack Patilla gut. He need, they needed dude, the he extra, won a gold medal. They needed the extra weight at the tip of the bobsled to get it going yeah. extra, extra fast. There's got to be something to that, right? There's got to be right. Like He's, a big dude on a luge would be incredible. They're like, you got you got to pound the six pack before we go out there. <laughs> we, we, we need the extra seventy two ounces of liquid weight. <laughs> he gets tested for Twinkies. <laughs> that didn't seem to come up at all this Olympics. What Twinkies? Testing. No testing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They didn't talk about. It. I watched the Olympics every single day that it was on, and, I didn't, I, I, and they never talked about it. Didn't watch a second. I went to Vegas uh, two weekends ago, and I accidentally watched some curling. I I didn't see any curling. I heard that there was like um. I guess there's a curling league here in Austin. And this past weekend, they had uh, an event where people come out if they want to learn more about curling, I guess because of all the Olympic hoopla. And they had it up at the Old North Cross Mall at the rink there. And they said that 700 people showed up. Wow. Oh, wow. Next week, there's going to be seven. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know they're going to have 800% attendance the week after Olympics. Speaking of curl, uh, the, of a curling league, I, I walked in on something really weird last night. I, after <laughs> we, <laughs> It's not that fun. We, uh, we we all went out to dinner last night uh, with Nico and Corey and everything. And, uh, and then you guys all went home to your families or whatnot and griffin and i went out on a date and we went to this bar over on the east side called scoot in it's like the oldest bar in austin i guess and they had uh we walked in on the ski ball league they have a ski ball league at this bar they have two ski ball things and they're like they there was like 30 people and they had clipboards and score sheets and they were taking it super seriously it was very entertaining to watch did you people get in get, there no way dude they they were pretty serious i didn't want to get involved in any of that but i appreciate the fact that there is a ski ball league in Austin, should totally be an Olympic sport. You know, it's funny. I went to <laughs> Shift here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Made the Spring Olympics in uh, 2016. Skittles. Uh, my, we, I went to the high ball with my wife uh, a couple weeks ago, and she saw a ski ball machines there. She really wanted to play. She wanted like a fake mustache or something. It was like 20 tickets. But, oh, really? but the same thing. Like the line was like super long. You know, to it's play weird. Ski ball there. I took. A, I went to a roller derby the season opener the other night, and they had a ski ball thing there. And Millie wanted to play, but there was like 40 people. Millie was like. a fucking innovator on the video games there. Oh yeah, during halftime. Uh, she wanted to go to the to the arcade section, and uh, she just like naturally there was a Time Crisis Two machine next to an Arctic Thunder machine, and she jumped in the Arctic Thunder machine and grabbed the steering wheel, and just like I didn't say anything to her at all, she just reached over and grabbed the gun from Time Crisis and started just shooting at the boats. That's awesome. <laughs> like it was the most normal thing in the world. I was blown away. It was the proudest moment of my life. A natural probably. born pirate. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Got the instincts. Didn't realize there were no quarters in either machine, but that didn't seem to slow her down. Oh, well, that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. You mentioned the highball. Yeah. And I guess this is going to be where we talk about local businesses part of the podcast. Great. I love this I love this part. It's my favorite part of the podcast. I know you do. I so I, we've talked about the Alamo Draft House Theater before. The yeah. highball is the bar that is owned by the people who own the Alamo Draft House. Which is great except for one thing. They put the bar in the same fucking shopping complex as the Alamo Draft House 
which already didn't have enough parking. Yeah. So now it is literally impossible to go there. As long as you, like, drop in from the sky and you don't drive your car there, uh-huh. then you're okay. Yeah, like when I went to the highball the other day, you know, I pulled in the parking lot and it was fucking – there was not a single goddamn space. And I thought, it's going to be impossible to get a table here. Yeah. And eventually I parked, like, two blocks away, walked over. I said, I, in my head, I was like, I don't even know why I'm walking here. It's going to be impossible. I'm going to have to wait, like, an hour to get a table. Walked in. Half the place was empty. Really, because they couldn't accommodate their yeah. own parking. And I came in, I was like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll sit immediately and eat. It seems, I think their overall corporate strategy is to force everyone else out of that shopping center. It must be, right? Sure. And even if they do that, I don't know what, the, they're not going to increase their parking. But those other businesses can't take more than five spots total. Is it legal to, in a shopping center where you all share parking spaces, is it legal to mark off spots as for your place only? If it's in your lease. Yeah, if it's in your lease. If you're in your lease guaranteed X number of parking spots, then you can do that. And we, in, I mean, but you can be towed and there's no, you have no recourse, right? Right. Dude, there's, but come on. You've seen the pl- the other businesses in that shopping complex. That fucking, like, that fucking Casa Garcia has so many spaces yeah, I know. marked off. Well, there's, I mean, there's like a sub shop, a fabric store. The sub shop's like, smart. They're drive through They are. There's like five fucking, uh. Well, they were there before Alamo was. Yeah. There's and like, they, they recognized that the parking was shitty back then. Five thrift <laughs> stores next to each other, all in one block. Yeah. And then, like, a religious bookstore. I don't see a lot of traffic going into that place regardless. Well, you have to wonder, too, like, if you run a business like that and you think, oh, wow, they're building an Alamo here. That's going to be cool. That's going to cause a lot of foot traffic. What do you think the turnaround time is before they absolutely hate having that there? They must About have... 30 you, seconds. I, you know what, though? I bet, if anything, they might appreciate it more because the previous business in that Alamo probably was worse off for them. Like, that was H-E-B before it was an Alamo Draft House. Yeah. It was? Yeah. 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 And so they had people... H-E-B's all, a grocery store. Yeah, they way. had people going to the grocery store from probably 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. packing that parking lot. Alamo, at least, only, you know, probably doesn't start to fill up till 5 p.m. Yeah, and they had shopping carts. Yeah, and shopping carts and all that nonsense. All right, never mind. Alamo's doing the right thing. But how much <laughs> business do you need to do with one of those stores to legitimize using their parking spot? Like, if there's a McDonald's parking spot, can you go in there and, like, buy a French fry? And park there. I don't think McDonald's will sell you a French fry. I'm sorry to break it to you, Nico. Oh, in France they can. <laughs> it's part of the treaty. <laughs> you just take you, you, you order le fry. They, can, they, they fry. just call them fries. <laughs> they can order as much as they want. Less fries. What do you call French fries in France? Uh, freedom fries. <laughs> are, are they pomfrey? You know, actually, uh, uh, no, they're, they're called frites. But you know what's funny is when uh, McDonald's first moved to France, uh, in in French, uh, mackerel means uh, it's a kind of fish, mackerel. But uh, in slang, a mackerel is a pimp. It's it's not a very pretty word to use. And a Big Mac essentially Mm -hmm. means big pimp in French. And so there's some conversation as to whether they should. It's just like when people talk about macking and pimping. It's the same thing. It's true. It's a crossover. It's all connected. It's a beautiful language. Totally <laughs> changes the branding if you think of like Grimace as a pimp. <laughs> he wears purple. I could right? see, see some gold chains on Grimace. He's yeah. got the fry guys as his like little <laughs> his little stable of. Are they still? Is that still a property? Like, do, do like do your kids know who Grimace and like the Hamburglar and all that stuff is? I don't know what Grimace is. What the fuck is Grimace? But I mean, are they familiar <laughs> with them? Does, I haven't been to McDonald's in years. Do they still? Do they still push those brands? I have no idea. Right? I thought those were part of Burger King. Yeah, I, no. you know, my my kids watch TV, and I'm amazed by the – they still have a lot of the same advertising. Advertising hasn't changed at all. It's still candy made to look like hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and, Probably with very similar effects. And they still use fear to sell breakfast cereal. I don't know why fear? that is. How? Look at every campaign, ad campaign for breakfast cereal, kids' breakfast cereal. Somebody has the cereal – Somebody else wants to take the cereal away from them and will go through disguising themselves to try to get it from them. And then they reveal that they, oh, we know it's you. You can, you don't get the cereal. Sure, like Cookie like, Crisp like or tricks, the Tricks Rabbit, or the Lucky Charms, Lucky, yeah. Cocoa Puffs. 
Yeah. Even like the what's the Flintstones one, the Pebble cereal? Or oh yeah, he wouldn't let Fred get it. Barney not, doesn't let Fred get it. You can't have it. Yeah. You're not yeah. allowed to have this. Is that exclusivity or something? It's, like, all, it's all the same. You can only have it if you're good enough. Yeah. What's the cereal in your house? Um, I guess the kicks that that stuff. Uh, yeah, kicks, kicks are right. super kicks boring. Good. Yeah. I yeah. like kicks. We're a Captain. Crunch I'm pretty boring family. though. Captain Crunch is good. You don't yeah. like Crunch Berry? I hate Crunch Berry stuff. So. I don't mind Crunch Berry. Frozen waffles. Frozen waffles are good. Yeah, kids like frozen waffles. I wonder why kids will actually eat the waffle frozen. There's nothing wrong with that. I used to do that. No, that's weird. That's, no, that's, that's weird. weird. That's no. weird. Yeah, no. that's totally weird. We're we're, we're right. spending a lot of money to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> if only you could uh, you could find a way to toast I, them in the box in the freezer. Man, I'll tell you what. Working with Jeff now for twelve years, yeah, however long it's been, has definitely prepared me for having kids at mealtime because going out <laughs> to lunch with Jeff. Where he can only eat in three locations and doesn't eat foods <laughs> that are white and doesn't eat foods that touch other foods and all that prepared me for having picky ass. My kids. wife is constantly amazed by your not wanting to eat anything white rule, and she's and like out of the blue she'll be like, "So white rice? Will Jeff eat that?" And I'll you, be like, "Yeah, Jeff will eat white rice. But I prefer it's white. I prefer not to eat white rice though. I prefer like brown rice. Mm. White. Okay. Can I ask? Yeah. Why? Why won't you eat white stuff? I don't know, man. Is it like just, reverse racism? Or no, I, I really, <laughs> I really don't know what it is. It just creeps me the fuck out. Like anything that's white and goopy. You think that people just put cum all in your food? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't even, I don't <laughs> even know if it's it a, if, if it's like a jizz factor. It's just like <laughs> marsh- marshmallows. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a big fan of Marshall. I wonder if that website's taken jizzfactor.com. Jizz <laughs> I bet com is taken. Like, I can, I can stomach marshmallows, like, in hot cocoa and stuff, but I would never, like, eat a marshmallow on its own. I wouldn't know why you would do that. Not a lot of people would eat marshmallows yeah. on their own. Like a sandwich? <laughs> a marshmallow sandwich? I probably wouldn't have it With Wonder Bread? By the way, don't go to Just Factor or Just Factory unless you're out. <laughs> Please, if you listen to this podcast, do not go to those websites. Don't link dump those. Yeah. <laughs> Think of the whole new meaning to link dump. <laughs> don't big, go there. Big surprise there. Anyway, I have to say in my defense, though, I have really expanded my, my eating palate over the last four or five years. I got to give you that. Yeah. My wife has really forced me to eat new foods. <laughs> you sound like you're embracing it wholeheartedly. Well, she told me when we were getting married, she said, I'm going to marry you, but I we there's one thing we have to talk about. And I was like, okay. I thought it was... I, I didn't know. And uh, she said, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life married to somebody who won't eat a fucking thing. So you're going to have to learn to like new foods. And so I made an effort. Good for her. I'm up on Indian food now. I like most of the Asian cuisine. I can't believe you're eating Indian food. We've had a lot of we had a lot of, ups a lot and of downs. problems about this. A, in the a past. lot of downs and downs with yeah. Indian food in the past. How come? It's delicious. Yeah, I, I agree now. Yeah. I said to find the right place. Jeff's finally not eight years old anymore. Yeah. You know, I went through a period where I was a vegetarian for a while when I was like six. Because I was too lazy to chew meat. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Like, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this takes so much work. How do I just eat vegetables? You know, mm. you guys were talking. Speaking of lazy, the other week on the podcast, you were talking about having a disc changer. Oh, that'd be so sweet. <laughs> What's a disc well, changer? How, uh, thank you. I was so outnumbered. <laughs> and, in that. and also, like, uh, Resident Evil Five came out, uh, like as a as a de- game on demand. Oh, great. Now I have two choices. I can play Battlefield 1943 or Resident Evil Five if I have the wrong game in my 360. Yeah, the games on demand thing is pretty cool. Except it's not quite as convenient as you think because I was downloading, especially if you're wireless. It takes a long time. Yeah. You could take two days to download a full game. I, 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 don't, th- I don't know if it's necessarily the, your, that you're wireless. I feel like their service is slow. Is that what it is? Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, if you're connected on a G network, you could have 54 megabits of throughput. If you're wired, it's only a 100 megabit network card on there. Why can't they set it up like Zoom Marketplace where you can stream immediately? I know, right? You can be able to download like 10% of the game immediately jump in. Fable kind of has that. You know yeah, they do kind of. You're right about that. WoW does that. If you download the trial version of WoW from the website, you can start playing within like 10 minutes. It like downloads, I guess, like the starting areas first. And then as you're playing the game, it's streaming down the rest of the That's content. That's fucking brilliant. That's great. Hey, speaking of WoW, you... Speaking of WoW. Speaking of WoW. Well, well, a weird topic came up. You, uh, <laughs> you 
got into the StarCraft beta? I did. What did you? I I, I was hanging out with you while you were installing it, and then you, we were trying to find a game, and then I had to go do something else. How did? What did you think of it? I don't really know what's okay to talk about, but it's cool. It's, it's, it's cool. StarCraft. Yeah, I think yeah. you talk you talk about it. It's StarCraft. I mean, you know, I was just going through. You don't have to go in specifics, but you liked it. It was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was funny how I was going back to stuff that's old Blizzard aesthetics, like clicking on my peon character over and over and over again mm-hmm. to hear all the different stuff they say, yeah. and it was fun. It was it was it's very very cool. You know. It's, yeah. It's obviously still beta. I don't know if the final version will be like this, but it was kind of cool because the the ambient music in the game was very like retro and threw back to the original StarCraft, I felt. I yeah. don't know if you noticed that. Frank O'Connor one time said, I think it was either about Halo 3 or Halo 2. It must have been Halo 3. He talked about the multiplayer, uh, their strategy for it for the Halo games. And this is – the Halo Reach trailer also came out today mm-hmm. uh, for, for multiplayer. I think it was leaked and then finally released. Right, yeah. right. right. Uh, but Frank Frankie said – that they treat it essentially like a sport, where they want to keep it new and fresh, but you don't change the fundamental rules of a sport. Right. And I th- that's a great way to look at it. And mm-hmm. StarCraft, you could definitely say, is a sport in some parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely in Korea. Right. Should be an Olympic event. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. You want to contemporize? Why not? Yeah, sure. Why not? Well, we might see something like that in our lifetime, okay. actually. Uh, although, I, honestly, I don't consider competitive video gaming a sport or it, anything uh, special at all. It's one of those things, I think, that in theory... You think, wow, this could be big, and then even I can't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like I thought I actually value the skills that these people have, but it's just not that interesting to watch someone else play a video game. It's a whole other, like, I don't know, like, method of scoring and this this whole other thing that we don't understand. Like, playing StarCraft professionally, you have, like, there's a measure of, like, actions per minute that you execute. Right. And you have to execute, like, you know, over 80 actions a minute if you want to stay competitive. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's commands per minute. That's crazy. And like, then there was, techno chess. There was some stuff like that, though. We've all seen that video of some kind of Street Fighter championship where the guy comes back with some ridiculous block combo. Yeah. And a room full of, like, a thousand people goes crazy. And it's, <laughs> I, it's like, okay, I recognize that everybody loves this, but what the hell's happening? <laughs> I don't understand. But Oh, my were, God. He pulled a quarter crescent hard punch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you get like uh, Street Fighter has really changed over the years too, where they have those mega moves. You know, yeah. they're, they're not just the the, the hidden moves. It's, it's like power ups and crazy combos are the big thing. I yeah, guess. shit's complicated. Shit's complicated. I think what's I feel like, oh go ahead. I feel like an old man. I preferred my Street Fighter when it was Street Fighter Two, not even Turbo any of the other shit. Just regular Street Fighter Two. Did you ever play Street Fighter where they had the big buttons and how hard you punched depended on how hard you hit the button? No. That's awesome. They were big, huge rubber buttons. I don't think I've ever and seen And they that. didn't have the six buttons. They just had two buttons, punch and kick. <laughs> and if you pushed punch really hard, it did a fierce punch. That's crazy. Yeah. That was the original well, I, Street Fighter. I used to play um, this hacked ROM version of Street Fighter Two in Mexico, like across the border from where I lived, where um, Guile's sonic booms went like up and down like in a sine wave pattern instead of just going straight. Why? Why not? Know, it was hard to block. I think. It was it was fucking crazy, and then like everything was amped up like to three hundred percent speed. It was it was a fucking nightmare to play. Were you good? No, no, it was terrible because because the rules are all broken. It's not balanced. Did you you know? get your ass kicked by all the vatos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think someone told me recently that they that that's called like the Rainbow ROM or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, it's been a kind of crazy week or two for video games. I feel like like you just got into Battlefield Bad Bad Company two last night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And started hit, hitting up the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. How, how fucking tremendous is that game? That game's great. It, it, I was a little pissed off last night because I tried to join games for like half an hour. And it kept telling me it couldn't find any games. It was like Battlefield 1943 all over again. Oh, really? I was getting pissed off. I was like, this is DICE again. You know, they even had a beta for this. Why don't they have the server capacity ready? But I like after 30 hours of hit or 30 minutes of hitting A over and over, I eventually got into a game. Man, I, know, I haven't had that problem yet. But uh, 
and that sucks. But that that game. Was but then yeah, I got in, and it was it was worth it. I, I quickly forgot thirty minutes of frustration, dude. So, there's so many cool mechanics to that game, mm-hmm. like, like the whole marking enemy, so your the rest of your squad can see. Marking it. is fantastic, and like in the rush game type, where you have this giant map, and as you take objectives, like the whole the battle shifts and just moves down the map. Yeah, there's like an A and a B objective, and you have to take it while they defend it. And if you take it, they have to retreat to a second A mm-hmm. and B. Then you have to take that. Then they have to retreat to a third A and B. And, and then just you keep take moving that. down. And then you win. So you're not like constantly reloading a map. You know, you're just playing down the same map. It's it's, but it's constantly changing and being fresh because you're moving down to new sections of it. It's really. Did you fly a UAV at all? Yeah, I flew a UAV. That's fucking great. Flew a fucking helicopter. There's a jet ski. I didn't get in the jet ski. You didn't get the jet ski. Yeah, man, that's that game is super fun. And then as you, it's kind of like Modern Warfare, where as you level up, you get access to more weapons Mm -hmm. based on what you use. It's almost like classes. Even early on, you can like customize your class and change the weapons you have. So you you still get like that from Modern Warfare, where like everyone has a diverse like weapon set that they like, and they're falling into their niches. And you always want to play with a medic who's got the defibrillator. Yeah, unlocked. Jesus, I feel like I'm playing the game right now. Good. It's really fucking fun. It's really great. Really great. I always had a fun game type for. Halo that they could add on pretty easily would be kind of a meta game like that where you had a big map and then you had choke points along the way which were arenas you know what we call multiplayer maps now and at the end like you would start in the middle and you had just a normal firefight team slayer game and then if you beat that team you push them back oh, to their base and yeah. then you had one man assault going their way. That's and really, so, yeah. Like you'd win like over the course of a couple maps. So you'd have to yeah, you have to win like a death match or two to get to the point where you could do an assault exactly. and then like blow their base up. And blow their base up. That's and then awesome. Then you win. That's fucking awesome. Or they push you back this way. Yeah. Somebody should put you in charge. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> hey, I hear there's some openings in Activision right now or at uh, Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, sure. I don't think the whole story's come out yet, but I guess uh, a couple of people were let go for insubordination. Is that what the, it was? Insubordination? C- it was like yeah. the CFO and the CEO. How the fuck right? do you fire a CFO for insubordination? I don't know. I don't know. It was in the, 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 the Activision's SEC 10K filing. And then really? immediately after that, they announced that it was Sledgehammer Games is now developing for Call of Duty, mm-hmm. and they're developing ac- action-adventure ac- Call of Duty? Right. <sighs> no, 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 no. I mean, I, I think you're skeptical. But these are the, the Sledgehammer games. These are the people who – these are the guys who started the studio that made Dead Space, which yeah, no, is no, no, a really no. phenomenal I know, game. I know. Yeah, Dead Space is a great game. I just – I just don't, I don't want I like Call of Duty and I like that there's a Call of Duty a year. I just, I worry that it, it, it they'll oversaturate if they put out more than one game a year. You know what I mean? I, can I, mean, see I guess that, if, I, if I can the game that. plays different enough, then maybe that won't be the case. But I can see that concern. But I mean, hopefully they'll uh, hopefully they'll, they'll keep it fresh. I mean, how long has the Xbox been out? Um, four a little over four years. Four years and four months. There are six Call of Duties on the Xbox now. But didn't they start with Call of Duty too? Yeah, but and then they went back and added Call of Duty One oh. to XBL. Mm-hmm. XBL. Mm. We haven't talked a lot about the arcade lately. It seems it, like well, it's been kind of an arcade dry period, right? Although Toy Soldiers came out this week, which is supposed to be a pretty good game. Perfect Dark's coming out soon. Tech Mobile's coming out soon. There's a lot of stuff on the horizon. I'm excited for that Tech Mobile game. I am too. Not to not to derail our Call of Duty conversation. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think as long as they manage the process, like as long as they manage the franchise appropriately, and they have some you know people in charge. Looking at the big picture, it'll be okay. And I'm, I'm not very scared about it. It's a big cash cow for them. They're not going to want to fuck it up. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, reading that, that filing... I just, I, just don't want to go, they're, they're, I just don't want to go the route of, like, Guitar Hero, where they're like, I, how many Guitar Hero games are there? Nobody knows, because they come out with a new game every quarter. Yeah, I mean, but that's also because they started making rock band games. That's like saying, oh, well, you know, they make a bunch of bad company games, too. You know, that's going to dilute the Call of Duty series. That's not necessarily true. 
But I, you can screw up something by servicing it too much. Yeah, but, I mean, Guitar yeah. Hero, what is it? Guitar Hero Aerosmith, Guitar Hero Metallica. There's like every band has their own Guitar Hero Yeah, but that's now. a music well, game. There's Band like Hero. There's no such thing as too much music, right? Yeah, I guess. So. Who made Band Hero? Band Hero's not made by Neversoft, is it? I don't know. It's a, it's a Guitar Hero property, though. Is it? Or yeah. Is it? Band Hero is the f- more family-friendly version of Guitar Hero. It's their competitor to Lego Rock Band. How do they make it more family friendly? It's a different song selection and like pretty like uh, like more I don't know kid friendly graphics and stuff. Mm. You know, Guitar Hero is all like safety pins and mohawks and nonsense. Ooh no! Yeah, not safety pins. <laughs> I'm just saying that's like French preschool. They teach that <laughs> stuff. Like I think Band Hero is more like Smash Mouth, you know, and like really super <laughs> pop. Speaking of Smash family Mouth, friendly stuff. Yeah, speaking of Smash Mouth, that was a funny skit on SNL this week. I, I was not a fan. Neversoft did develop Band Hero. What the motherfucker? Uh, I was not a fan of this week's SNL, but the uh, Smash Mouth skit was uh, was fucking awesome. The, I agree. It was not a good episode. The opening skit ha- had a really funny premise, and it was not done well, which was that Quincy Jones was announcing uh, We Are the World 3 to address the uh, catastrophe that was We Are the World 2. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Which I thought was pretty funny. It was a funny premise, but like you but said, it wasn't just, done it wasn't well. executed well at all. It was the first time I ever saw you're, – you're going to disagree with this because you hate her. But it was the first time I saw Kristen Wiig in a skit I really didn't like her in. What was that? <laughs> I she, she played Gwen Stefani and she just, I thought she did a good job actually. I, just, I didn't – I, I asked because that's the only thing I saw and I thought she did a great job. Oh, did Stefani. you? Yeah, yeah, I just didn't do You it. got a Gwen Stefani thing though. No, I don't. You, you, yes, you do, don't you? No. You don't find her attractive? Well, not any more than any other famous hot chick. Okay. I don't have like <laughs> – not, not any more than any famous hot chick. Any other famous hot chick. Then I want to bang. And Mary. And <laughs> I, I, I thought you did. I thought you had a real no, thing for Gwen no, Stefani. Not really. I have more of a thing for Kristen Wiig than Gwen Stefani. Oh, well, there you go. Kristen Wiig is hot. Two of your favorite things came together. That's true. It's like, you should probably take down your Gwen Stefani poster if you're going <laughs> to keep up that ruse. I hope she's not listening. There was. I was working late Friday night. And one of the sites that Jeff and I go to quite often is a site called What Would Tyler Durden Do? Yep. com www.tdd.com. Yes. It's just basically, it's like a good version of Perez Hilton, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Or more geared towards, I guess, people like Like a us. more sarcastic version of Perez Hilton. Yeah, very snarky. Not snippy and bitchy, but like funny and... Snippy and mean. Snippy and mean, yeah. He put up a picture on Friday night of Marissa Miller. Is she the, the sports mm-hmm. She's model? model? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It almost melted my computer, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> That was unbelievable. Did you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I saw it. I like I had it up with like a thumbnail on my desk, and like people from across the room would go, "Hey, Bernie, what are you working on over here?" So, <laughs> did you see the new photos so that he put up of Ice T's wife Coco? No, she's awesome though. <laughs> these are all like these are really high class photos, and there's you should just check. They're them. also super photoshopped. Yeah, <laughs> it looks matter. like she's painted over on top of herself. Yeah. Is, so is that why you moved your computer out of the back room, Bernie? You couldn't stand being alone in the same room with uh, the picture of Marissa Miller? No, we have, and the, it's part, the reason why I've been away from the podcast too is we're just on a hellacious. Uh, production schedule right now and I just had to move into the main room because I needed to be able to grab people whenever you know it came up you know and Jeff's working on Achievement Hunter stuff now and so he's not available all the time and so it's just I needed to have some focus you know for everyone on what we're doing right now yeah so you know you're out in the main room and what used to be your computer the podcast computer this is uh this is Jack's computer yeah he moved back here where I was yeah so we had to kick him out today for uh to record this podcast (laughs) Ah, the Jack Free Zone. Well, all this company's all segregated now. Achievement Hunter's hiding in the back room. Pretty yeah. soon we'll be yeah, hiding as opposed to being hidden in the back room. There you go. Well, 
Sorry, I'm looking at a picture of Russell Miller. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I'll, I'll you, be back with you in a moment. You mentioned it in passing, but the um, the Halo Reach multiplayer trailer came out earlier today. Yeah, with jetpacks. Yeah, jetpacks. It's interesting. It was looks. Uh, I, know, I think Bernie and I had the same reaction. That uh, man, that picture is so hot. <laughs> I can't stop staring. All uh, right, we need um, more women on this podcast. I what was I saying? Oh yeah, the the, the trailer. Yeah, the jetpacks. That's interesting. It, uh, I think Bernie and I had the same reaction that uh, it reminded us both of tribes. Well, that was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, but Halo with jetpacks is going to be incredible. I don't. Now, I, now they just need to add some uh, grappling hooks, and I'm I'm I, upset. Honestly, God, I don't remember the grappling hooks from tribes. Maybe yeah. I'm crazy. Hmm. It's gonna be. It, it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around. Actually, that it's. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to play Halo with a jetpack. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to work. I wonder if it's equipment. I guess. I don't know. Or class-based. There is, huh. yes. There, I don't think they call them classes. Based on the trailer, it looks like they call them loadouts. Loadouts. Where uh, you can yeah. load out your character before the match, which essentially is like picking a class. And I didn't do too much analysis because I figured, what's the point? I'll just wait an hour and someone on Halo.Bungie.org will have a frame-by-frame analysis of the trailer. And sure enough, they've already started that process. Yeah, I noticed in one of the shots they like blurred out the information in the lower left, like who killed who yep. or something like that. I thought it was really weird. Or, or maybe how they killed them. Right. Could be interesting. Um, but the uh, in, in the shot where they have the first show of the jetpacks, there's a there's one of those graphics that says loadouts. And there's a guy in a jetpack flying. There's a guy who's semi-invisible, it looks like. Yeah. Like he loaded out some kind of stealth package. And then there's another person running much faster than everybody else. That they've, you know, maybe built their armor for speed. So... It looks like there's going to be classes, and, I mean, uh, they can't hide the jetpacks as a class, right? Clearly, that's something different. Yeah, absolutely. But it looks like there's going to be a much more customizable version of the game across the board. It's, it's going to be super like to interesting. You know, there's a fight in World of Warcraft with jetpacks. Maybe jetpacks are going to be in every video game from here on out. That's possible. Dark, which which Dark fight Void is that? just came out. Jetpack game. Uh, gunship. Ice Crown Citadel. Oh, I haven't done any. Ice Crown Citadel. Hmm. Is that above you, Gus? Jetpacks are the new regenerating shield. It's just new. <laughs> I just haven't played it. I just haven't played WoW in a while. Ah. It's amazing how many games now have that regenerating shield effect. If it's not an actual sh- energy shield, it's some kind of like, oh, you're hurt. Just find cover and recover that way. Ba- pretty much every FPS now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Was Bat- Halo the first people to do that with the regenerating shield? Uh, Yeah, Call of Duty 1. You Regenerated health. You didn't regenerate health. But did you have health? Oh, or you did you have like that? Oh, it sucks. You just got shot and you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you play you play it on the Xbox Live, you uh, to play it on veteran, you can't. There's no health packs, and you don't regenerate health. So if you get shot, shot. So you, wow, it's hard as shit to get through levels. It's crazy. Yeah, and no jetpacks. Yeah, and no jetpacks <laughs> on professional or on veteran. Jetpacks should be an Olympic event. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Only if they have knives. Yeah, uh, I've been playing Mass Effect because I started playing Mass Effect in order to prepare for playing Mass Effect Two. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. I, I, I told you not to do it. Big mistake to do that. I've been playing Mass Effect now for about three weeks straight. Are, how close are you to your 1,000 points or 1,100 points? It's 1,200 it points total now at this point um, that I have to get. I'm very close, but very close means I only have about eight more run-throughs of the game. <laughs> People who say you can get 100% of the achievements in that game with three run-throughs, they are lying. They are, <laughs> I mean, this is a straight-up lie. It's or a straight-up lie. Assholes. No, yeah, you can't do it because you have to – Play every specialty class to get all the unlocked casting achievements, then all the weapons achievements, then with all the different characters, then on different heart. Why 100 percent it? Why not just move on? You listen, dude. Dude, why do you, why you ask me that question? Why you gotta open up that can of worms? Obviously, he's got 100 percent. He started it. Mm. You gotta start. You gotta finish what you start. Exactly right. I have. When's the last game you 100 percented, Jeff? Uh, Jeff's a working man. Don't bother Jeff. No, 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 no. If he's got to finish what he started, I'm curious. NBA Live 07. I just. Finished. 07, huh? Yeah, it took me a while. Wow, three years. 
when I did it. Oh, seven. <laughs> That's yeah. four years ago, probably. <laughs> probably came out in 2006, right? Yeah, probably. Like summer, <laughs> like fall 2006, but I finished it. Oh, hey, speaking of which, are we doing, what are we going to do for Halo 2 shutting down? We're going to, let's have a game. Uh, let's we're, hop on with Bungie and play. We're playing April 14th. You know, here's an interesting thing, because we just talked about StarCraft, right? Um, if they don't have land play on these games, they will go away when they eventually shut down the servers that service these things. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And here's here's a game coming out that doesn't have land play, and a very popular game that's about to have its server-based play go away. Oh, so what happens? Bungie solved that problem. They made uh, the server code to uh, Myth available to fans. Yeah, I don't think they can do that with Xbox Live, though. This is an Xbox Live decision. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That might be a little trickier. That is a little trickier. Yeah, I was going to say, for PC games, they can probably you can probably run private servers and do it like that, but for like a centralized service like Xbox Live on a console, I don't think that's possible. And this is another cultural thing where, you know, it'll be a long time from now, and I probably won't give a shit about StarCraft II 15 years from now. Let's hope I don't. Uh, but... It'll be one of those things where people who have cracked versions of the game will be able to continue to play it on <laughs> land, and those of us who buy the game and do it the way we should will be kind of out in the cold. Do you yep. think? Do you think we'll see a phase out of StarCraft One multiplayer sometime soon? Oh no, no, <laughs> not a two. Fucking crazy. Ten they, years. They, they still release patches for StarCraft. Yeah, they still like perform game updates and. What are they patching at this point? They're still ba- doing balance. They're still patching out. <laughs> we thought we found a 13-year memory leak in a game. <laughs> if you leave the game on for 13 years on the splash screen, it eventually will crash your PC. Well, you laugh, but um, Windows or Microsoft just released a patch released a patch for Windows that fixed like a 13-year-old bug. Really? Yeah. 13-year-old like, bug? Really? No, no, it was old. It was a 17-year-old bug. The bug predated Windows 95. So what the hell? To apply the patch, would I have to upgrade to a Pentium? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get. I'd have to get. 512 megs of memory in my in my computer to do that. 512? Jesus, what are you? Fucking nuclear scientist? Yeah, I got... I got my, my computer now, I bought these drives. I have six terabytes of video storage for the new season. Dude, I'm jealous of Every that. Every season it jumps up. I think last season we had three terabytes, and now we can get two terabyte drives in. Awesome. I'm jealous. I need I need to do that. That two terabyte drive I bought for Achievement Hunter, when we bought that like three months ago, I've filled twice now. That's yeah, but you have... Uh, External drives you offload to. Yeah, they're all full. <laughs> Jesus. I have three f- full external drives. You know, with that much video storage, I get the feeling I could just leave the Xbox running and just record it, and it might make its own episode of Red vs. Blue. Just give it a shot. By pure circumstance. Let's go to Vegas this weekend. <laughs> I had fun in Vegas when I went. Yeah, you had a good time? Yeah, I went with my wife, so I guess. Sorry. <laughs> she always makes me stay in places that I don't want to stay. Where'd you guys stay? Like like I, w- I would normally stay at the MGM or even like the Monte Carlo, where it's just a bed. You know what I mean? You go there and stay. But she always wants to stay at the Bellagio, or in this case, the Aria. Well, she she has a different experience or like a different desire in vacations, though, right? Like you wanted to go out and see Vegas and gamble and do that whole thing, right? And she wants to like hang out in a really nice room and get room service and like, and go to nice restaurants, not be pestered by kids all the time. And exactly right. Yeah, I can understand that exactly. And I I would if it were up to me, I would just sit at a blackjack table, break even by the end of the trip, and get free drinks the entire time. <laughs> so Pretty much. Do you, how do you balance the two? What's that? How do you balance the two? We you balance wait. it by doing what she wants to do. Yeah, <laughs> got it. That's it's, how. That's it's, how marriage, it's a marriage works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that how it works? Is that yeah. the single guy asked that question? <laughs> you, you compromise by doing everything you don't want to do. <laughs> and if you don't balance it that way, after nine or so years, you end up getting divorced and you have to start all over again. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, not to beat the point into the ground, but the most recent StarCraft patch came out last ja- last January. January. And what 09. did they patch? It 
had a, a feature change where you could do in-game speed option menu now has an enable CPU throttling checkbox. Enabling this option allows StarCraft to consume fewer CPU cycles. That's Activision that makes that? Uh, Blizzard. Oh, Blizzard. Blizzard. Yeah, and then three bug fixes. <laughs> three bug fixes. Wow. They Le- also lessened the imposed delay in the CPU throttling feature, removed an unnecessary delay when processing pallet cycling updates, and fixed an issue with the reply feature. If, okay. if I was Blizzard, I would put out a patch for StarCraft again tomorrow that says we just disabled the Battle.net accounts <laughs> of the Infinity Ward executives. That's it. That's all the patch so upgrade this and, and they're gone. You'll never see them again. Man, that SEC filing they uh, they announced Blizzard's uh, Blizzard's numbers too. Did you see that World of Warcraft is ninety eight percent of the revenue for Blizzard? Yep. Why it was, is that it was surprising? Up to you? from ninety seven. It was ninety seven percent last year. <laughs> Why is that surprising? In I'm, any I'm, sur- not surprising. I'm surprised. Cool. I'm surprised they have two percent of other revenue. Like, yeah. Where know, are they right? getting what this is other it all? Money? It's like Diablo. People, people still buying Diablo packs. I guess. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Those things are still like forty bucks. Are they really? Yeah, the battle chests. At huh. this point, I mean, where does WoW rank in global economies? Uh, I saw – Gus and I saw an article on that the other day. It ranked higher than a lot of countries, actually. It would be crazy like five years from now we find out that they actually ended up buying a country, and that's <laughs> Azeroth. They just like geomapped it, <laughs> and it's actual real people walking around with chips in their head that we're controlling this entire time. They fantastic. could probably do that at this point. Okay. But it's like, it's, like, it's like saying the Avatar is 100% of James Cameron's – Income. Of course it is, you know, right sure. now. Although, who, who knows how, what he makes from Titanic still to this day. And Aliens. How much is his next movie going to cost? <laughs> Could it cost a billion dollars? I mean, anything's possible with James I mean, Cameron, right? And it, I'll tell you what. He spends a billion dollars on a movie, that movie will make five billion. Yeah. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? You know how all these people are depressed about Pandora not existing? Yeah. Could you imagine if they had a Pandora MMO? Oh, wow. They you could do it on that. with different classes. They have humans. They have factions. They have pretty much everything you would need for an MMO. Are you looking up what it's what it's up to? Yeah, I was, but uh, too bad the Avatar game itself sucked. I mean, that, that leaves you with no uh, leaves you with no hope that they'd be able to pull it off. Well, listen, Warcraft's a great game, but it it, it was definitely inspirational material to spawn World of Warcraft. Those two are not related in any way. Right, that's true. You know, yeah. uh, just in case anyone's curious, Avatar has now made two point five billion dollars. Wow! Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Wow. Now. It's uh, made over seven hundred million domestically and one point eight billion foreign. And I bet it was still number two or three in the box office last weekend. I didn't even check. Um, I should look. It's a great movie. Yeah, Nico liked it. Oh, loved good. it. Glad to hear that. Two and a half billion dollars, man, off a of five hundred million dollars. I would like to point out that Drunk Tank picked Star Trek as the best movie of two thousand nine. Good job, guys. Last week, Avatar was number four. Number four. That's made the first time I've seen it. Thirteen million dollars. At this point, I would like to see. What the percentage of its box office every week is IMAX, and watch that percentage grow. That in like you know two months it'll just be in IMAX theaters, but people will still be going to see. You it. You know, last yeah. weekend my uh, my mother came to visit in town. And I was like, oh, have you seen Avatar? She's like, no. I was like, oh, let's go down to the IMAX and see if we can see it. Nope, it sold out all weekend. Really? Wow. I still couldn't see it. I was just about to check to see if it sold out right no. now. I bet it is. That's. I'm gonna see it again. So it's I want to see it. I've been yeah, thinking about absolutely. it. Absolutely. I've only seen it once, and I w- I would love to see it again. I haven't seen the 2D version. I want to see that. I don't. I don't want to see it. Either. Oh, why yeah. would you do that? You'll, you'll see it eventually. You see it on yeah. TV and stuff. I just don't want to lessen that experience. I, as a matter of fact, that experience was so like immersive. I need to see it a second time to see all the stuff I I, I couldn't take in. in 3D, I, I saw you know? it twice and it didn't. I was looking at entirely different things the th- the second time through. That's awesome. I was just watching stuff on the side of the screens for the hell of it. Do you think it'll release when it does release to home video? Do you think that'll be the first home video to release as a, with a 3D version for your home? No, they've, they've already released vid, uh, DVDs with 3D versions. Yeah, like what? Coraline came out as a 3D version. With glasses and whatnot? Yeah, it came with glasses. 
There was a... And there, there have been a couple others. There was a program that was broadcast in 3D recently. What was that? Uh, they're, like during the Super Bowl, didn't they have... Or the Super Bowl last year, they had a movie trailer that you could get 3D glasses for. Yeah, but there was one like in the last three or four months as well that oh, came it? out. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Max Headroom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. wait a minute. So if they, could, if they can book Coraline on a DVD today... And you can watch it on your TV with glasses, and it's 3D. I like where this is going. Why are they selling 3D TVs? I ask myself that all the time. What, the, what does a 3D TV do? I have no idea. Because you need glasses to watch a 3D TV. Yep. Oh, you do? Yeah. I think I just found a hole in the system. <laughs> it's a ruse. That's a really... I, yeah, what... I wonder if the 3D there TV upscales TVs? non-3D stuff so that you can watch it in 3D. Oh, that's How interesting. Would it do that? I have no idea. How would it possibly interpolate a flat image? It just takes the images and does an offset, and then you wear in the polarized glasses. No, 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 no. No, that's that's no. that's true. You yeah. can take. Yeah. A- You're not going to build in depth into a flat image. It, that's a major. Oh no! Computing- you know that's right. Yeah, yeah. You would have that's to have the source, especially in a flat different. screen. You right? couldn't take it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd I mean, be that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, computers can't figure out the CAPTCHA on an account sign-up. They're not going <laughs> to to look at a picture and figure out what's supposed to be farther away. I mean, maybe one day. You go by it. Yeah. Oh, did you hear uh, Roger Ebert's new voice? No. I heard an article. Oh, I heard a story about that on NPR the other day. It was really interesting. How's this? What? New voice? Yeah, so Roger Ebert had some kind of cancer that led to salivary gland cancer, which led to most of his jaw being removed. So Roger Ebert has not spoken, I think, in a year and a half. It's been a long time. It's been a while. It's been years since he's been able to speak at all. So some company in Europe, you'll probably know it, Nico, you probably know them personally, um, they made a voice synthesis based on the catalog of all of his recorded voice stuff previously. So he talks in a Stephen Hawking voice. That's how he does it now with the Apple talk or whatever. Sure, sure. And then he switches over, and it's it's a computerized version of his voice. Mm-hmm. And if you grew up watching, like, Siskel and Ebert, it, well, it sounds was, like him, but it doesn't sound like him. I was sure. going to say, it's still pretty do, fucking crazy, though. Made his wife cry, as we said. Why does he need that stuff? I thought he just did the thumbs up and thumbs down thing. <laughs> He's actually a really, really brilliant guy. Is so Roger Ebert's a, a really, really interesting dude. Except really, he doesn't think video writes, games are art. writes a lot of columns that are really... He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. He is. Very interesting. He focuses on the culture of of movies specifically, but he touches on a lot of different things. Yeah, he really does. And he doesn't like video games? No, not a big fan. (laughs) But so, I mean, what would his opinion be on something like Aliens vs. Predator, which is really, you know, spawned by a video game, right? I mean, the cycle of that franchise is movies to video games and then... I bet he gave the movie thumbs down. I would guess. (laughs) I don't want to go too far (laughs) on a limb here. Dude. But uh, I think Aliens vs. Predator was spawned by a comic book, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I think so. Right? Like a Dark Horse comic way uh, back in the day. Well, I think it was spawned by a joint and a bag of Cheetos at like four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if Predators fought the aliens? <laughs> and out of all the dumb like ideas where so-and-so fights so-and-so, why is that the one that like Everybody hit? latched onto. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's that be- makes sense. It's the aliens versus the Predators. It's because they put that fucking alien skull in the Predator's ship in, in Predator 2 and that like planted the seed. Yeah, apparently that's why we're going to have Star Wars meets E.T. someday. Apparently the comic <laughs> came out first in February of 1990, and then in November that year, Predator 2, 2 came out with the scene you just talked about. Okay. Oh, wow. There you go. Hmm. I bought that comic. But it sounds stupid when you say it for anything else. Like It does. You, if you had a Star Trek versus Star Wars movie, that <laughs> just sounds dumb. Did you see the Enterprise blow up the Death Star? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Willow was in the council in episode one, right? So, so, yeah, so right. was E.T. So Willow, Willow versus fucking... Willow the versus Wookiees. the Emperor? Yeah. 
<laughs> When's the last time you saw Willow? I haven't seen Willow in forever. I saw it like, uh, I saw some of it like about two weeks ago. I'm gonna guess. It doesn't hold up. Oh, dude, it's terrible. <laughs> I thought Millie might like it, so Griffin put it on. It's, it's, it's fucking terrible. Millie didn't like it. It's, I don't know how anybody could watch that. I don't recall Willow doing well when it came out. Uh, I saw it in the theater. I don't remember if it did I remember well. they kept trumping it up as like, this is the new franchise. You know, this was gonna be like the Lord of the Rings version of Star Wars, essentially. Before Lord of the Rings was in theaters. Yeah, that, I remember it having a lot of hype like that. Here's an interesting conversation I had with Nico. Oh, yeah? And I know we can't shut him up right now, but <laughs> we had a conversation. What do you think has been the most remade movie ever? Oh, I can answer that. Go ahead. It, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Has to be the most remade movie ever. King Kong. There's been three King Kongs. There's been at least three Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Do you count King of Kong? In there <laughs> there's uh, there's King Kong the original. There's yeah. King Kong from the '70s with Jessica Lange, Jessica Lange. and then, the, then there's the Peter Jackson one. Mm-hmm. Right. I would say this the, like now if they're gonna go back and revisit it, they're gonna tell another Superman origin story. Which get, get over that they origin are story that too. Yeah, can you look that up, Gus, real fast and see what the most remade? How would you look? That I don't up? know how I'd look that up. Just probably like what Google? What's the most remade movie of all time? <laughs> Jeff without a laptop is so annoying. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> not really. I'm really curious. I think it would be a horror film. I think they've retold the Batman origin story three times now. It was part of the Adam West Batman yeah. movie, and then it was the Tim Burton one, and then now the Batman Begins. I think one of those, one of those for sure. It's it's what these people are saying is either a Christmas Carol or Scrooge. I don't know if you count that. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's been remade like they twenty times. I feel that they should remake Rocky one. That was still the best one of of all of them. There should be like a new Rocky oh, one. I'm sure they will. Well, it kind of banked on the ending. You know, they had a really cool ending to Rocky, yeah, that's true. which I don't think you can recapture with a remake. Yeah, Watch Rocky true. Five, man. Rocky Five was great. I loved Rocky Five. Did you see really? it? Really? Yeah. I've yeah, seen it. I thought it was awesome. I stood up in the theater and cheered. Did My you wife really? was so embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. But, fuck, she didn't go up with Rocky. Like the Guinness Book of Records cites Cinderella as the most filmed story along with Dracula and Zorro. Okay. Okay. Dracula is Dracula's, Dracula's Dracula's a great one. one. Yeah. Dracula is a great one. By the way, you never, ever have to tell us that your wife was embarrassed by X, we will just assume that. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> we should come up with a hand gesture for you to say this. You don't have to, like, waste the breath. Of the thing. <laughs> and my wife was embarrassed. Yeah, right. Dracula's a good call, man. Christopher Lee made a new Dracula film, like, every three weeks in the 70s. You, you looked uncomfortable, so I thought I'd help you out there. Uh, yeah, I was just trying to... I'm, Gus was helping me adjust my audio equipment. Do you, That's um, what you guys call it. Do video games ever get remade? <laughs> Speak into the mic. What video games have been, <laughs> what video games have been remade? Pac-Man. Uh, no, Mario Brothers. Pac-Man CE. Yeah, Pac-Man, oh, Prince, Pac-Man Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. Yeah. I mean, essentially, isn't every video game remade and they just call it two? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, is Super Mario Brothers that much different than the Super Mario Wii that just came out? Yeah, new Super Mario Brothers is very, like, throwback to original Mo- Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Dude, in six weeks, there's going to be a Pac-Man with jetpacks. It's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's going to be an Olympic sport. It's true. What could not be made better by adding jetpacks? Marathon. Marissa Miller. <laughs> it's true. It would burn her butt. <laughs> yeah, she'd be able to get away. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Uh, hey, Miss Miller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't last very long. Man, her, that that picture could be remade a couple times. I'm I'm pretty sure I would be okay with that. Man, so that really affected you. That picture of her? I just showed it to you. I it was I'd, I'd seen it. A few times. <laughs> yeah, at that point. Oh, something else I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, sad news. Gene Porter, the man yep. from Dixie's Barbecue, died uh, on Sunday. That is sad. It is sad. 
It's very sad, and he was a very sadistic person, but I loved him for it. <laughs> I tried to take Jack up there a couple times, like when we went up there on trips. I think I took Jack there like two or three times, and every time we went, he was never there. Yeah. And he'll never have the chance to experience that That now. dude had so much personality. He was. He was? Gene Porter was. The man. The man. Yeah. He was the guy who made the hottest hot sauce yeah, that yeah. we've well, ever tried. And we've talked about is it, it on the Drunk Tank before. Yeah. The hot sauce that looks like a black hole. The hot sauce, like, absorbed light, and light could not escape it. Can I try it before I leave? It's, no, in it, it's in Seattle. Oh. Yeah. You can oh, try cool. it when you get back home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go to Dixie's Barbecue in Seattle. It's, I actually, don't, it's okay. in Kirkland, I think. It's I off of Northrop Way. That's the same thing. <laughs> I, Come I, on. I, I agree with Bernie. It's yeah. east of the water. I don't know that they'll continue to have the man because the other times I've been there when he wasn't there, there was no, I've there been, was no sauce. I've been there once when he wasn't there, and there was like a, another old white guy who was uh, oh, really? carrying the man around. Yeah. Oh, okay. Still, not the same expression. Yeah. Watching him make fun of Matt was like. One of I like the how he, I like how he assigns everyone a nickname, and then he he'll call you that the whole time. Yeah. Like no matter how embarrassing it is for you, or or what you think about it. <laughs> I was glad he called me Curly. <laughs> he could have gone a much more mean route. With me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was good times. This stuff is so friggin' hot. It almost put Gus in the hospital, and yep. he and he literally tried just a drop from a toothpick. Not even a drop. I would call it like a droplet. Yes. You know, it was like uh, you could barely see this little particle it was of death. One of the only times in my life I've ever seen Jason mad. <laughs> like Jason's such a laid back, relaxed dude. But after he tried the man, he was mad the entire day. And because he did, he did something so stupid. He had that. He had the man on top of his sandwich. He's like, "Oh, this is hot. I'll just mix it in throughout my whole sandwich to dilute it." Yeah. No. It made me it, sick. It, it, you, you, don't, you can't dilute that. I could feel it burning through my intestines. <laughs> I'm dying to try this. Oh, dude, it's something you got to do once in your life. Yeah. And maybe not again. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I think I've, I don't think your body will let you do it a second time. Yeah. I think I've done it twice, and that's it. I've only you only once. get that over in your body once, and your body has muscle memory, and it's like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Is it like jalapenos, where it hurts on the way in and out No, well? it's like the scene or in Alien, it? where they cut it, <laughs> the blood drips down through eight layers of the spaceship. That's what it's like. <laughs> that's, that's a very good description. Yeah. I mean, we laugh, but that's probably as close as you can get to describing it. I'm dying to try it. You will be. That's the point. <laughs> you are going to die. It's just so. It's just so. It like absorbs light. It's evil. evil. It burns. Oh light. shit, Jinx, dude. I know. There's no way. There's no other way to describe it. It is absolute evil in a tiny saucepan that's like 50 years old. Yep. It tastes like. What would you describe the taste as? You can't taste it. Yeah, it's Satan. Right? It's burning. Like you're. Yeah. you're you. Pe- it like peels off your your taste buds. So if you guys go to Pax, when most people go to Seattle, I guess it would be for Pax. Prime is that what it's called now? That's what they're calling yeah. it. Yeah, not Pax West, but Pax Prime. If you, just remember Dixie's Barbecue and make a trip out there, it's definitely worth it. Kirkland, call call ahead though. Make sure they're serving the man that day. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to miss out. Although I've called ahead and they lie. They lie <laughs> tell you but that place. Me. That's one of those places. It's like a. The soup Nazi in Seinfeld, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they 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 pride themselves on terrible service. Also, yeah. Also, you better know what the fuck you want when you step up to the counter because they are not going to put up with your nonsense. No, I, why would they? They I, have they have prescription drug calls. Yeah, I once sat there waiting to pay for my food, waiting for fifteen minutes for the woman to finish trying to refill her prescriptions over the phone. Yeah, and it was like there was a meanwhile there was a line out the door and it's raining and there's people standing out in the rain waiting. And I'm like. Can I please pay for my food? And, he, and don't even think about lady. getting annoyed. That lady could shut you up in one look. <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody said a word. Even the people in the rain yeah. were just like, it's cool. Man, we're, we're we'll wait. Yeah. We live in Seattle. We get, we get yeah, this. We're used to the rain. So wait, rude and incompetent? Sounds like you're up. No, there's nothing incompetent about <laughs> No, they, they definitely know what they're doing, and they do it well. Oh, man. Yeah, sad, sad, sad that he's gone. That is sad. So I had a very strange thing happen. First time for me. Is this I had when a, you were looking at the Marissa Miller picture? I, no, no, no. I Did it move? for that. 
The first time I looked at that, I had that happen. No, I had a conversation on Twitter. I actually had a back and forth conversation with someone. Oh with, yeah, with who? Which might be the first time this ever happened on Twitter. Period. It was I was talking with um, uh, the vowel who's on Major Nelson's oh, right. podcast. Yeah, and uh, Stephen Toulouse, who's um, the vowel is E, right? E, yeah, E. And uh, one of the uh, Stephen Toulouse, who's he, he's going to be a Pax Prime, by the way. He does. If you're going to Pax Prime, he does a hilarious panel. Unlike the book of Xbox, like treating Xbox terms of use as though they were with the word of God, very funny. And I know he's going to add to that. For this. It's almost like a routine, like material. Nice. You said PAX Prime, not PAX East. I'm uh, sorry. Pa- he'll be at PAX East. Okay. I-, I think he'll be at PAX East um, doing it. That's Stephen Toulouse. Is that, um, gonna, is that also going to be during our panel? No, Major Nelson's is during our panel. Though. Okay. So you should definitely come to our panel, not to Major yeah. Nelson's. Yeah. Why would you Just so we don't seem like we're kissing everybody's ass. Major Nelson, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> but we have, we have tons of cool stuff to show. At our at our panel, people should come by. We I think we uh, we plugged it last week and oh yeah yeah we we definitely want people to come out. I, I'm actually worried we're not going to have enough time to answer questions because we might have too much stuff to show. It's, I think that might be a good thing. You should yeah I'd like the questions. We, we can answer some questions, but I prefer to leave it a mystery. D- d- yeah, just come come check it out. I'm very excited about the stuff we're showing off. But this, this conversation actually plays back to what we were talking about earlier, where we were talking about Siskel and Ebert, and they were commenting, will video games ever have a Siskel and Ebert level of reviewer where they're synonymous with good reviews mm-hmm. and the, a trustworthy source for the general public, like a, a broad thumbs up or thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And well, once again, tying everything together, I said, don't you think Gabe and Tycho are that? And they said, no, they're not. They're more for the hardcore guys, but what's their income? And can that come, Jeff? Do you think we could have a Siskel and Ebert for video games? I, I would say that I, I don't understand the the – determination that they're just for hardcore gamers. I, I agree with that. I think Game and Tycho speak to, like, a core game audience. I think the question is for a more, like, diverse public... Like, a place your mom could go to and read a video game review. Well, or a place, you know, your wife could read a video game review from. Or the guys who play Madden and Call of Duty all day and don't get on the internet and talk about video games. Right. Hmm. Which is basically 90% of the people who play video games, honestly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's overwhelming majority. Yeah, I don't know. Where would they find that person if they weren't on the internet? Can you have it though? New York because Times. I don't know. Can you can you review? Those I people mean, aren't reading the New York Times. Hmm. Like yeah. Ebert has to go in and watch a movie. That's two hours done, and he can review it. He can form an opinion of it. You can't form an opinion of a video game in two hours, can you? You have to play a video game for five or six hours or, at minimum, or, or longer. And then, or like a game like Fallout, yeah. Like, and then games that are complex, like you know, Heavy Rain or Fallout, where you have like these branching storylines, it can go in a million different ways. Or even just to complete the plot, if mm-hmm. that's an important part of the game, you could spend ten hours. Ten hours just to finish the main plot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's assuming you're actually good at the video game, right? right? Yeah. If you're terrible, you could spend days. You could, you could, what we call Nico it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you could be <laughs> just surrender. playing Mass Effect. <laughs> God, that game is interesting. Are you gonna let me ask you this? Yeah. You were super gung ho about it. You got about halfway through. You were still. It was on your third playthrough. You were still super gung ho about it. It's a then you came in the other day and you were just super defeated and sad. I'll go away from it for a while. I think. Are you gonna play Mass Effect Two right after one? No, no, no. That's a show. No, I'm not gonna play anything. I, I'm gonna go to one of my droughts where I don't play things. Oh, too bad. Mass Effect Two is so, so fucking good. Fucking yeah. Are you gonna get um, every achievement? In yeah. Ma- eventually, Mass Effect. Yeah, I will. Yeah. So I'm close enough to where it's just like you, plow through and get. Do you get anything from it? Like a from, or do you just get the satisfaction of the points? Uh, as a, what are you saying here? Well, are you coming at me? Because come strong if you're coming at me. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like I have so uh, on my PSP, I have this uh, this amazing game that's a, a collection of Atari games of old, you know, Atari like uh, arcade games. And if you have to get if you get all of the achievements, it unlocks 52 Atari VCS games. And those achievements are hard, man. They're a pain in the ass. 
So you're asking, like, is there an actual reward for getting achievements? Yeah. Uh, like avatar clothes and that kind of stuff. And just the, Not for Mass Effect, though. Not for finishing. Not for Mass It's just Effect to finish 4. it out and say I completed 100% of the game, which I would argue me being able to say I just finished the game and just saying that is pretty much the same as getting 52 Atari games <laughs> because <laughs> I would play probably 10 of those for about a minute each and then be done with it. Like, what's the big one you're trying to get from this Atari unlock? Adventure? You could probably Com- get you could probably adventure, get adventure combat? on the web in about six seconds if you wanted to. He has a point. Hmm. Oh snap! <laughs> I got an adventure. Is the one with the the dragon that looks like a duck, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah, the duck, yeah. the duck dragon. And so, you're you're a dot. Also, the very first Easter egg I ever saw in my life. What was it? Uh, you would go. You know, you use that bridge, and you would cross. Mm-hmm, you could, mm-hmm. you could cross over on the bridge. There's a part in that maze where you can't see where you're going. Like it's like. You you have to move to see where right. you are. It's okay, like a yeah. lantern. So it just a lantern, shows. Yeah. like haunted house. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and you'd use the bridge to cross over, and you'd pick up a little pixel dot, a glowing pixel, yep. and then you would take that, and you could walk through that barrier wall, and you could see the names of the developers there. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. It's probably one dude. Well, you know. yeah, the developers is one one person programming like a TRS-80 or something like that. <laughs> hey, Bernie, you told me you saw Shutter Island the other day. I saw Shutter Island the other Should day. Should I see that movie? Nope. I shouldn't, right? Nope. Take your wife to see it. She likes Leonardo DiCaprio. That's why I went to see it. Oh, is that why? Uh-huh. I don't think my wife cares about it. I have gotten out of going to see Twilight, but I got to go see Leonardo DiCaprio movies still. I actually don't have that much of a problem with, like, my wife wanted to go see Hot Guys or Chick Flicks. It's it's almost, like, the other way. Like, last night I wanted to watch this old Antonioni film called La Ventura. It's you want to watch Hot Guy Flicks? Where are you going it, with this? No, no, no. It's, a, it's just an Italian film. My wife didn't want to watch it because she'd have to read. Like, she was turned off by subtitles. She only wants to watch movies with, like, dick and fart jokes. Really? Yeah. She just wants to watch dumb, like... Like, the equivalent of, like, whatever this year's American Pie is. That's all she wants to watch. Sex Drive. Sex Drive, yeah. Did she like that? Uh, I think she liked it okay. Did she like Avatar? Yeah, she loved Avatar. For sure. She's going to resent your saying this. I just want to let you know that. She won't won't listen to this. I'll tell her. I have no... I need material for next week. I dare you to listen to it, Griffin. (laughs) Come on, bring it. (laughs) Come strong. Yeah. Wow. By the way, I'm working late tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But what's coming out? Anything new coming out? The Oscars are this week. Anybody are they? Care, anybody care about that? They're on Sunday. Uh, shit. Is that true? I didn't even realize it was that. Somebody on Twitter said they were preparing for their Oscar party this Sunday, so that's my information. <laughs> didn't a kids movie come out recently that looked really good? Maybe I'm wrong about that. Oh, the Flying Dragon thing? Is that How, how to Teach Your Dragon to, to Fly? Dragon to fly? Yeah. <laughs> that's not at all. What it Jesus. Is. It's DreamWorks, so, meh, you know, who knows what it'll be. Yeah. Somebody also pointed out that... The film opening the Tribeca Film Festival this year, Shrek 4. Is, is it? it? Is that yeah. true? That's what I, once again, Twitter told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I get all my hard-hitting news from Twitter. Damn you, Twitter. Okay, so what was the conclusion of your conversation with Stephen Tullowese? Did Is there going to be a, a Cisco Neighbor for Gaming? No, thing? it was just kind of like an opening thing where we were talking about that stuff and I, you know, made me wonder, can you do that? Like, can you review games? Is it even possible? It, it does an interactive medium... Is a review worth anything? Well, GameSpot sure tries the hell out of it. I mean, it just seems like we try to fit it into that model, right? And is a demo probably the replacement for the review for this kind of media? Interesting. So, like, outsource it to the the consumer to determine, right? The, but the, I mean, like, what the value of? The I product. actually made the point: is the Xbox Live unique user count? Is that the new thumbs up or thumbs down? Hmm. Like, this is number two after a month. This is a good game. People yeah, it's a good call. But it's how I choose stuff. But a demo. Yeah, but then the general public doesn't might not necessarily understand what that means or how that works. Well, I right. feel that a demo can also be like a trailer, right? I mean, it only shows the good parts, and then 
five minutes later, you actually when you actually do go and see the movie, it's one big disappointment. Well, normally though, a demo is like a level or like a chunk of the game that's cut out, you know, specifically for demo purposes. And I think it's rare that someone will put extra polish into that area and then neglect the rest of it because that would just be like more work, if that makes sense. Hmm. I tend to find the first levels in games are a lot better than later levels. You think so? I, 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 I concur with Bernie on that. I mean, sometimes you can feel the development time running out as you're playing the yeah. game. It's not, they don't necessarily <laughs> build the game lin- in a linear fashion, though. They're not yeah. like, oh, we're building the last level a week before we have to ship. Oh, this no, but when they, as- when they assemble it, they're like, okay, this is the best level. We'll put that first. They're not going to put the shittiest level first, right? Or they, they start off have... young and excited, not tired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, oh, uh, yeah, you know, let's just put a monster there. <laughs> oh, yeah, what do we do with that hole in the wall? Put a crate in front of it, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm always I'm always very happy when I get to the end of a game, and the end is a different experience than the the, the previous three levels. Like, uh, you got a, uh, like, uh, give an example? Uh, gosh. Um, Mass Effect like that? Like, Borderlands would be an example of how it didn't do that. It was kind of leading up to that, but it was... It Borderlands just kind of ended all of a sudden. Yeah, but it felt like that because the thing at the end wasn't what you thought it was going to be. It was just like everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, and you run into that a lot. And an example where it was different at the end, um, you know, I don't know. It's, I'm trying to think of a really good example, but... I watched you beat Mass Effect 2. Bioshock felt different at the end. It seemed pretty different than the rest of Mass Effect and that you were like controlling squads and stuff. Mass uh, Effect at the end was different than the rest of it too. Was it? Yeah, I mean, I guess to an extent. But I haven't played you're, it. You're just so. allocating squads more than play, but you're still like the game, like, core gameplay is still like the same other okay. than, you know, assigning people to, to certain tasks that you then don't control. Like Mass Effect's a good example is at the end of the game, I'm a, I hope I'm not spoiling this five-year-old game or whatever <laughs> Jesus, it is now. Yeah. At the end of the game, you're like outside on the Citadel in space fighting across a crumbling structure, you know, which is a little bit different than invading the same base over and over again. What Mass Effect, man, you talk about a game that suffers from repetition. Every one of those bases is the same floor plan. Mm-hmm. Every that, single one. Is that, is that true? Is that the part where you get the jetpack? Not, not the case in 2 at all. You know how when you play Bioshock and you did that water hacking thing? And yeah. You're like, oh, this is that version of that. Like, every time it loaded up, you're like, am I going to get the one on the top left or the one on the top right? <laughs> That's how Mass Effect is. Is that is the base the one with the door in the back? Or is it the mine shaft doors with the circular entrances? They fix that in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, hopefully so. Mass Effect 2 That's is why I'm so much better of a game. I, lo- I love Mass Effect. I will play it eventually. Gavin even asked me yesterday, he said, I have Fallout 3 here and Mass Effect 2 here. Which should I play? I told him to play Mass Effect. Mass play- you would play Mass Effect 2 because you can be done with it more quickly That's than Fallout 3. That's what I said. It'll like, like, Mass Effect 2 will be over before you know it. Yeah, like Mass Effect 2 you can finish. You can go over and play Fallout. Then if you want to take a break from Fallout, Mass Effect 2 DLC will probably be out by then. Yeah. I can't wait for the Mass Effect 2 DLC. I think I had a dream about it the other day. It's He's coming so out in the um, end of March, is that right? Is that right? Or oh, April? Man. Can't come soon enough. The one with like the new vehicle and stuff? Mm-hmm. Five new missions? Yeah. Someone was asking me the other day how long, you know, if it was possible to finish Mass Effect 2. And I said, I've, I've played every goddamn mission in that game. Twice now. Have you played it? Uh, oh, yeah, I guess you did. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gus did make a comment a few weeks ago about Mass Effect, the series, in that it reminded him of that game Star Control that mm-hmm. we played. I actually... It's one of the few times in my life I've ever liked something in my past that I played years ago, brought to somebody and said, here, I think you'll like this, and showed it to Gus, and Gus liked it as much as I did. Oh, yeah. That game is fucking incredible. I still play it. Star Control 2. And it, that game is Star Control 2. Yeah, it, that, it, that it game is, is totally a, Star Control 2. Mass Effect is an updated version of Star Control. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't heard anyone say that before. You said it, and you are absolutely right. Not that it matters. I don't think anyone really remembers Star Control 2 at this point. They should. 
Oh, somebody did up at Edmonton, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think the game is more influential than people realize, too, because the storyline stuff that's in there is in everything. Mm-hmm. The ancient race that they called the Precursors, mm-hmm. which went away for some reason, and they had super advanced technology that everyone in the current time is using, but you they don't, don't really quite understand, understand it. Yeah. Motherfuckers cannot hold on to their superior technology. What is that? <laughs> no, it, it comes back to bite you, dude. Yeah, it's yes. just like in Mass Effect. Yeah. They're just waiting, just beyond, just in the periphery of your vision. Then when you let your guard down, they pounce. That's right. It's the hubris of man. We think we can build these fortresses that are protecting you're, us? You're nope. Just, you're standing on the shoulder of giants. Eventually they collapse on you. The giant is going to fucking take a break. <laughs> <laughs> then what happens to you? You can't stand up there. That's true. So did you hear that this chilly earthquake changed the rotation of the earth? Yes, I was yeah, hoping we were dude. talking about this. I'm glad you brought it up. It's crazy. It, uh, it, it, it like made days shorter? Yeah, yeah. It's shortened days by 1.26 microseconds. It said what? It, it changed the gravitational center of the Earth. And the the analogy that I read was that it's like a figure skater, back, which should be an Olympic sport. When they are doing spins and they draw their arms in, how it makes them spin faster, it's like that but on an enormous scale and yeah. a small change. It, yeah, it shifted the axis and then kind of compacted things. Hey, what's up with all the fucking earthquakes? What's up with all the earthquakes, dude? Yeah, What is up? Like, that was the third one. Nobody even talks about the one over in Central America that happened after the Haiti one. Wasn't there one in Japan, too, just recently? Yeah, it was, like off, the co- it was off the coast of Okinawa, I think. Where's that? Uh, it's like a, the southern island of Japan. See, I'm right. <laughs> That's where uh, Mr. Miyagi's from, right? <laughs> yeah. Okinawa? Big, uh, big U.S. military base there. That's right. They said that, uh, I guess, like this Chile- Chilean earthquake... Made days 1.26 microseconds shorter, but the one in 2004 that generated all the tsunamis in the Indian Ocean made the days 6.8 microseconds shorter. Like, that was even wow. more of a dramatic change. This all sounds like global warming. I don't really think that? it's real. I hope I hope we get bloom box before the Earth is destroyed. <laughs> oh, Have we thing? talked about it on the podcast yet? No. Did, no, but listen. Listen. I'm not a conspiracy crazy person. I know. Outside of this podcast. You've been talking to your buddy Scott too much. I mean, this 2012 thing is coming, and one of the things that people are saying is that we're going to come across, we're going to cross the galactic plane. Wait, 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 wait. What 2012 thing? Sorry to interrupt. We can't, we can't. 2012. <laughs> this would take too long. It would take time. too long. Just just roll with us. The end of the world. The oh, Mayans okay. predicted the end of the world at 2012. Okay. It's like, it's like you saw the Terminator? It's like Terminator's win. That's what oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. But it makes me wonder if there's not something to this with all this weird-ass shit that's going on. Hey, you know? Matt, we're talking about end of the world stuff and earthquakes, like all these strong earthquakes. Did you tell my embarrassing earthquake story? No. What's your embarrassing earthquake story? Oh, from L.A.? From L.A., yeah. That uh, <laughs> I, I lived in L.A. for a while, and uh, we know we would get earthquakes periodically, but like the, um, the the first time I ever experienced one, we had a couple friends over, and uh, it was it was uh, a couple. And it was like me and my wife and this this uh, couple, couple friends of ours. You had like a couple's thing going on. Yeah, it was a couple's thing. Well, it got, it got really intimate during the earthquake because we were showing them around our apartment and stuff. And for some reason, just at that moment, me and the guy had ended up in the bedroom by ourselves. I like and it. Anna and the girl were in the front room <laughs> looking at something else. And I was like saying, yeah, see, this is over here, blah, 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 whatever. And this earthquake starts. And, like, our friends have been there in L.A. for a long time. So it's like, yeah, earthquake, whatever, no big deal. But I'm, like, you know, I'm, I'm shaking both from Hold the earthquake me. and because I'm nervous, you know. And so, like, I grab him. And I'm, like, holding <laughs> him. Because that's your first instinct in an earthquake is to grab whatever's close to you. And for me, it was it was a dude. <laughs> Where so, did you grab him? I'm, like, ah, and I grab him. And he's, like, why are you grabbing me in the bedroom? What's going on? <laughs> and then my, and, uh, my wife and uh, 
uh, Janine come back from the front room and they, they see us and we're like embracing in the bedroom and it's like the whole thing is moving like, you know, one of those beds that you put the quarters in. <laughs> so we had our own like Motel 6 moment there and got uh, caught by the wives. Dude, Griffin and I got to figure out a way to make an earthquake machine in our house. <laughs> and we were covered in lube, but that was, that was just totally coincidental. <laughs> Side story. Also, I read that if there's an earthquake, you should immediately take your shirt off. <laughs> so, it's exactly just safety. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You don't want to get buttons caught in anything. You want to you want to hide under your Freddie Mercury poster. I forgot, to, I forgot to mention we had been playing couples twister right before that, so we were all limbered up. Oh, <laughs> but the re- actually, Matt, the reason why I wanted you to come in here is that the earthquake then spawned a tsunami, and it was headed towards Hawaii. And I actually have a crazy story where Matt and I took a vacation together with our wives. This mm-hmm. is not going to end up the way his story did. But, uh, Although we did do a lot of hugging on that trip. We, well, there was a point where we were out on these cliffs and we were going to walk. There's like this natural bath. Queen, kind of Queen's Bath. Queen's Bath. It's in the island of Kauai. It's like this natural pool that's out there. But you have to walk across these lava cliffs to get to it. We were going out there and we were just watching the waves. And I saw this wave out there. It was about a mile out. And I thought – that is a really big wave. And we're like 40 feet above the sea level on these cliffs. Mm-hmm. And I just saw this thing coming, and we were on diff- – there's like different tiers yeah, I mean, of where we were. I, just, I mean, just have to picture that because it's like just saying 40 feet above the sea level on the cliffs. I mean, it was – we're on a cliff, literally on a cliff. And you go to the edge, you look 40 feet down, there's the water. That's right. the normal level of where the water should be. And so I saw this. I pointed out to Matt, and he's like, yeah, that looks like a really big wave. And so I started, like, pulling, getting our guys to, like, come up the cliff. And there was this couple out there taking a picture, like, on the edge of the cliff. And we're trying to get their attention. Man, this wave hit. I've never seen anything like it before. It was just a rogue wave that came in. And it washed everybody up against the cliff face. 40 feet up. It washed everybody up against the cliff face. And then it started to wash people back out towards the cliff wow. to pull them off. And then one guy got completely just his back scraped up. Oh, yeah, if they're lava rocks, they're probably all sharp, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I still have a scar on my leg from when I jumped down to help... Him and the girl. See, and then, didn't we read after that that uh, like a few weeks before, three people had died in the bath? Yeah, wow. that was you know great. Had we known? Yeah. <laughs> so the funny story is, big waves already come in Hawaii. So, well, I read a story uh, a couple weeks ago that said I guess scientists have finally confirmed the existence of rogue waves out in the middle of the ocean. Oh yeah, where like their rogue waves can exist that are literally a hundred feet tall. You betcha. <laughs> like out in the middle of nowhere and they like they're they're proposing or they're theorizing that this is why a lot of ships have disappeared over time and you never hear anything about them it's just all of a sudden a rogue wave will hit them and they're underwater they finally caught one on satellite right right That's how they, they caught one on satellite so yeah. they finally were able to confirm it i wouldn't say ours was that big but it was like these waves coming in and then you just see this huge mound out there and you're like the hell is that and then it just keeps getting bigger and then of course as it gets closer to land then it gets enormous right yeah because the but ima- imagine standing up on a cliff like you are anywhere else watching the ocean, and then suddenly your chest deep in water. It Tot- was bizarre. It was bizarre. Did it – so like when you said it was a big mound, like before the wave crested, did it just look like the Cloverfield monster coming out of the water? Well, by, by the, actually, by the time it started to get really close to us, we were in full scramble mode. I bet. To get up, to get up higher and higher, to get away from How it. long did it take to get up – to go that mile? I, you know, if, who knows if it was actually a mile because we're looking out the horizon sure. of the ocean. And uh, it, it probably took about, I think, 40 seconds total. You know, for it to come in. I mean, first you like, wow, that's big. And then you're kind of like, hey, maybe we should kind of get the cliff. And then he's like getting closer. Like, fuck, you know, that run. Would, that would be an awesome Olympic event. <laughs> <laughs> Wave riding. Tsunami surf. Yep. Yeah, but that dude. Yeah, Matt was right. That dude was an asshole and got his immediate comeuppance. So. <laughs> I hope he's listening right now. I, yeah. I think he broke his camera, too. No, no, that was me. 
Oh, that's right. I that's took right. a video. I have a video right before the wave came in, and I can show you how high it was. And it was the last video I took with that camera. So you got your comeuppance for being a good Samaritan. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. You still have that video? Yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah. YouTube, yeah, man. It it's just me panning around so you can see the distance at which – the height at which this happens. That's cool. That's pretty cool. And you'd be like, that's not 40 feet. So I'm sure the first thing you're going to say to me in, that. <laughs> <laughs> in, our head, in our heads, it's 40 feet. Dude, you had to be there. Yeah. Getting crushed by the enormous wave. So, so what, what else is coming out? So the moral of the story is never go to Hawaii. The moral of the story is never go to Hawaii. They have actually footage now. Have you seen some of the footage from people on like the 18th floor of a Chilean skyscraper who have their video cameras out at 3 in the morning? Uh-uh. Scary as shit. LiveLeak is a great site for stuff like that. Yeah. LiveLeak.com. Mm-hmm. Like if you were the kind of person who wanted to see a killer whale beating their trainer to death or something like that, that's probably the site you would go I, to. I, the other week there, I don't think I ever talked about this on the podcast, I saw someone had like footage of the Challenger blowing up. I guess he had just gotten a video camera that day. He was like testing out his VHS camera. He lived, like some old guy lived in Florida. It was like, oh, look, there's a shuttle off in the distance. Then like you see it blow up. He goes, and you just hear him going, that doesn't look right. Immediately. Yeah, and like talking to his neighbor like, what, did you see that? Is that normal? Does it do that? The weird thing about that video to me, Gus, I saw the same one. It was weird to see something you're so familiar with from, with, from such a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But also it's like that guy, you know that happened in 86. Mm-hmm. They're all talking to each other like it's the 50s. Like, yeah. It's, it's, yeah it, was, it was real weird. It was the weird. The whole thing was seemed, seemed bizarre. It's like literally he's out there watching the Challenger, and then some lady walks on her lawn, going to her car. She goes, hi, Bob. Yeah. Going to the store. See ya. And he's like, okay, Sally, I'm watching the shuttle. You know, and stuff like that. And then they, Yeah, and then his, his, his neighbor's George, right? George. Is that, is that normal George? You oh, see that, George? They got problems there, yeah, George. Yeah, they got problems there, George. That's what like you that. Yeah, but it was really – yeah, I saw that same thing. That's interesting, man. He definitely, like, he must have been a retired, like, engineer or something, because he immediately recognized that that wasn't right. Yeah. <laughs> they got problems, George. Uh, they got problems here, George. All right. Do we have, anything else we want to talk about? Should we wrap up? Is there anything else we need to plug? Uh, uh, we will be, I'm not sure who's going yet, but we will be at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, mm. uh, March 13th, approximately. We haven't worked it all out yet, but we will be at Emerald City Comic Con signing reconstruction DVDs that we'll be giving away yeah. at the... Waypoint booth, right? Yeah, it's we'll, not a full fledged we'll rooster, rooster Teeth presence. presence. We will have our own booth. So, no, so we're going to be co located at the Waypoint booth. We'll have a, a like a slot. We'll actually, okay. they're going to have a time when we're there. To okay, do it. and cool. we'll put more information. But I'm pretty sure it's on Saturday of the event. We're still trying to work it out because it's kind of a last minute thing. And then if you're at the South by Southwest Interactive and Film Festival, I've got a panel uh, with some guys from College Humor or Busted Tees, The Despair, and the lady who does the Thirty Second Bunnies. That'll be on Sunday. I'm doing that. March oh, 14th. 30 Second Bunnies, man. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta, they're got they on uh, Netflix streaming now. Are, oh, yeah, yeah, they are, aren't they? Along with Loose Change. Yeah, I saw, Netflix I, streaming. I saw that. My wife was like, oh, you want to watch it? I was like, "That's." I thought we've seen this on the internet, haven't we? Didn't that strike you as weird? Yeah, it was real weird. That Loose, loose Change is the the 9-11 is an inside job documentary. Yeah, what? they released it for free on Google Video like a long time ago, and you could watch it. Is it Alex Jones? I don't think it is. If you've ever seen, it's very Alex Jones ish. If you see the pictures of like the chicken wire frame that with the fire around it, and they have the cinder block on top of it, showing how steel doesn't burn or steel doesn't melt. This was their scientific experiment. The uh, speaking of Alex Jones, he had uh, he was saying about the plane crash in Austin, you know, a couple weeks ago. He was saying that uh, the federal government knew about it, and that they were fired. The fire department was there before the plane hit, and that's why the FBI was also already in town. What I know. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Appar- apparently, though, the fire department was already there, I found out. Well, they were they were close by doing a training Right, they were across the street right? doing yeah. a training exercise at the Dave & Buster's there. They were doing the same thing in 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, they were out in the streets. So maybe the conspiracy is Dave & Buster's. 
David Buster's just terrible place to go. Maybe yeah. firefighters are clairvoyant. Did you did you know that also um, that Al Qaeda has claimed responsibility for that plane crash that we always talk about? That is the one that happened the week after 9-11 in Queens? The, the Rockaway Island? The, the Queens. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. The, the one that crashed in Queens? Yeah, yeah, they claimed responsibility one. for that? They've claimed responsibility for it all along, and everyone has just ignored it. What's the deal with that? I don't know. There's no, but the, the... Somebody needs to call Alex Jones But right it's now. been proven that it wasn't... It wasn't terrorist-related. It was a... Proven it was, by who? <laughs> it was proven by the FAA. There you go. That it was a... It was a... Co- the co-pilot fucked up. He overcompensated and broke the rotor. The, I thought it was the vertical a, stabilizer. I thought it was off. a jet stream thing where they got in the jet stream of another jet. Yeah, they got in the jet stream of another jet, but then the co-pilot overcompensated, broke off his vertical stabilizer, and uh, the plane the plane fell apart. Apparently, the dude who claimed the responsibility for it too is the same guy, like in the same cell or something like that, as the underwear bomber guy, and that's why it all came back up again. Hmm. That this guy has always claimed responsibility for that plane. You know what amazes me is do you guys remember shortly after nine eleven the the what was his name Richard something the guy who was on the Richard English Reed plane? the shoe bomber yeah like how would anyone in their right mind let that guy fly I mean you saw pictures of him he looked like crazy racist are you my wife or something profiling okay. Nico I, I, sit, I sit next not, to crazy people all the fucking time on a as plane. long as you're not as fat as Kevin Smith you're okay right <laughs> okay let's talk about that for a second. I know we're going long. You, yeah. I know you want to talk. Consp- you're going to go conspiracy. Does anyone believe for a second that Kevin Smith was really thrown off a Southwest Airlines flight just by happenstance two weeks before his motion picture goes into theaters? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Seems a little convenient. It does a seem convenient, convenient, right? Because you cannot find a trailer or advertisement for that movie that mentions Kevin Smith in any way. I'm not buying it. Seriously, I, I'm he, just his not name is it. not attached to that film. Unless Kevin Smith is saying he's making that movie, you're not seeing it. It's never. It hasn't been advertised as a Kevin Smith film in any capacity. It's true. We're talking about Cop Out, by the way. The Tracy Morgan. How did that Bruce movie Willis. do in the theaters? By the way, is it out? It looks terrible. Yeah, I think it came out. I think it opened number two. Did it? It looks like number two. Hello. <laughs> hey. oh, wow. Matt made a comment though that he was talking about how if Kevin Smith is the director but not the writer, which if you're going to hire Kevin Smith <laughs> to do something. It seems like you would never hire him to direct without writing it. Like, you want him to write your movie, if anything. Yeah. yeah. It opened at number two, uh, $18 million. I don't know. What did you say, the budget? 30 Okay. Yeah, hmm. Ke- Kevin Smith's definitely one of those guys whose movies are better on paper. Like, you ever read one of his scripts? They're hilarious. Yeah. I mean, they're really hilarious. And then the movie, like, not so much. I mean, I don't know. Wow. You have strong opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Wild to hate. Maybe he saw What's a Kevin Smith movie you don't like? Or- What's the car- uh, probably the probably the one I worked on and didn't get paid for. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. Dogma. Nice. What did you get paid for? What'd you do? I just worked. I did worked a few days on that uh, uh, for Miramax during the uh, the an- bidding out the angel wings uh-huh. oh, yeah. or whatever, and I think they ended up actually doing all that practically. Now Maybe. I don't even remember. Let's be perfectly clear here. You were not paid by the company that you worked no, for. No relationship to Kevin Smith. Whatsoever. It wasn't like anybody. Kevin like Smith 20, or Miramax. It's did like twenty five levels down yeah. from him. Yeah, Matt probably worked for some visual effects house that was paid and then didn't filter the money there. Exactly. There you go. A lot of that happens. Yeah, sure. But I, you know, there's not for a second that I believe that that was not in some way constructed. I like your ideas. I hadn't thought about this before, but I like where this is going. I like this line of thought. I mean, come on, I, right? I would like to subscribe to your pamphlet. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. I don't know. I, if it I, if it was an attempt at Getting publicity for that film, I'd say it failed terribly. Well, I would argue that as well. I mean, possibly. I mean, it could be an incident. It could be a coincidence that the incident happened as well. But surely he was going to try to turn this something into as big as he possibly could. You know, two weeks before the movie comes out. I mean, two weeks. 
I mean, he was probably flying from a press junket. That's why he was probably on that plane. You're probably right about that. I mean, why else are you taking the Oakland to L.A.? Yeah, I don't think Southwest... If, if it was a stunt, I don't think Southwest was in on it because he fucking lit into them. Uh, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Southwest is a weird airline, dude. What's he doing on Southwest in the first place? I mean, it's not... That's, exactly, the, the that's a great, that's that's a great exactly question. A, a you know, big-time writer-director opening a movie with Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan kind of airline. The movie you know? only had a $30 million budget. <laughs> He's also flying from Oakland to L.A. Yeah, Oakland to L.A., I bet there's a lot of Southwest flights. It's probably like, how long could that flight even be? Uh, it's like hour, hour and a half, I think. Many? Yeah. yeah. It's like an hour and a half. More or less. You just, ha- you just have to be, have a critical eye. <laughs> can't accept everything at face value. Okay, let, let's cut this short. We're already, yeah. we're already recording. Let's, well, let's cut this normal. We're already recording. This podcast is already running late, and so i got to go get this out in time. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Bernie. Hey! Yeah, it was good to see you again. And uh, you too, Nico. Hey, you, Nico, you were we definitely could, We could present. not shut you up. I know. And I uh, hope you never come back on. All okay. right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Ta-ta. Bye.